When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Great to have your company on a Saturday morning. And this is a Mowers Club with a bit of difference. Adam Peacock, firstly, Nick Davis has decided that it's all too hard in December, so he's put the queue in the rack for the year. And Brett Finch is with us this morning. Finchie, how are you? Thanks for having me on Mowers Club. I've been trying to get a start all year, but you know you're in trouble when you're relying on me on a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was not the first option. As, you know, I, missed, I think I've been pretty reliable this year, but... Very reliable. Yeah, you're rolling the dice when you ask me to come no, in no, on, no. on a we're, 9 o'clock Saturday morning. But well, what we're doing is we're helping you. You're helping us yes, and we're helping uh, you. We're saving yourself from yourself, Finch, you, for I, a Friday uh, night. Well, I and need all the you saving. You were in bed by 8.30 last I night. I was. I had, I had a quiet night and um, I've had a great morning, actually. The only, I've got a few shivers down the spine driving past Four Pines <laughs> Park. Well, that's where we are right now. Yes. We're in Brookvale, actually, at this unbelievable yeah. showroom. We're surrounded by some of the best machinery that you can lay eyes on. So the Sea-Doo's are here. Um, they're the things that you fang through the surf on and have a great time. And the Can-Ams, the little... Yeah, what about well, them? Not so little buggies. They're, they're army machines, yeah. though, some of them. They're, we're next to this pimped-up one right yeah. here, the Turbo RR... Um, built by BRP, it's at the um, it's the Can-Am vehicle. It, Finchie, it's it's worth more than a under the table Melbourne Storm contract. Yeah, ex- it's, exactly. It's unbelievable. I wouldn't mind one of them, except I only got one of the old dodgy Suzukis. But they they might be nice these days. That's what that's that's what Turbo might be getting. Who knows what's happening over here? What's well, named the, after him? It's the well, Turbo it RR. Uh, who knows what's happening on the northern beaches? But geez, they're impressive vehicles. So are some of these the Cedars. Look at the size of it. Yeah. Outstanding. So come down if uh, you're in the vicinity of Brookvale um, Sea-Doo and, and Can-Am and um, say hello to the boys here. And they're, uh, yeah, they've got a showroom like uh, like you wouldn't believe. Well, I'm waiting to see Spud down there because this is Spud's holy grail. There's a big mural at the back of Spud. And I think well, we changed the name to Spud Do. Well, as I drove from my little abode up at uh, yeah. Monovale this morning, I was, I was driving past Colorado and I saw this giant figure on the horizon, just going over wave after wave <laughs> on his sea-do. And I think that was the great Spudley. That's so funny. I don't think he'll be in this morning. Nah. We might try and get him on the phone. I'm not sure. But we've got some great guests lined up on the Mowers Club this morning, all thanks to Toro Mowers. Uh, whether you need trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. Brad Parker and Lockie Croker yeah. joining us from Manly. So they'll, they'll uh, pop by in a moment. We'll talk to the boys about Manly because uh, the good people here at Brookvale Sea-do, they're, they're sponsors this year. 
I do believe. And um, yeah, they're, they're getting on board the, the Manly train and heading towards a premiership. Uh, they weren't getting on board after four rounds last year, but <laughs> I tell you what, once old Turbo hit his straps, everyone's on that train. Don't worry about that. Yeah, so uh, Beaches, Seadoo and, and Can-Am, they're all over Manly. And yeah, Brad Parker and Lockie Crook will join us. Nick Larkin from the Melbourne Stars as well with the Big Bash. You're yep. looking forward to that tomorrow afternoon. Big game against the Sixers, our gang. Matty White up at Bathurst. Um, we'll get all the lowdown on Bathurst. I think Matty's actually up at his farm. Yes. And he'll be on the back of his mower while he crosses into the mowers club to well, talk about Bathurst. Well, it'll be interesting to you know, talking to the expert mower himself, um, how mm. he goes about it, Matty. We'd have the ride on up there, obviously. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, it be a long day if it was just the old push mower, that's for sure. Cutting acreage with just the push toro. Yes. It's not an enjoyable <laughs> experience, I'd imagine. So there's a fair few uh, catcher fill-ups as well. Zach Bailey, the most beautiful man in yes. rugby league, he will join us as well from... Uh, NRL.com, and um, Zach's just around the corner here. I think he's a harbour, freshwater. Yeah. It's all your Northern Beaches boys today, isn't it? You've you've kept it local. Yeah. Nice community feel. I got the passport to get in across the bridge (laughs) this morning. I'm surprised they let me in. And your partner and your two-year-old, they've gone up to one of the parks. I've advised them to go up to Collaroy. Yeah, um, the the two-year-old... She needs to be let out of the cage for a while. You've got to let her run. You've got to mm. let her waste some energy. She's, got, she's a high-energy kid. I don't know where she gets that from. <laughs> um, so if we don't drain her of some energy, uh, it's a long afternoon. Exactly. Uh, and later on, we're going to go to the Gabba. We're going to get the lowdown. Yeah. This is the Mowers Club. We all, we're all about horticulture. We're about enjoying ourselves this morning mm. on the back of a Can-Am or in a Can-Am or a Sea-Doo. Maybe we can get Toro and the guys at BRP to... Combine, yeah, and make one of these into a mower, a ride-on yeah. mower. Is that possible, guys? Yeah, they're nodding. Yep, absolutely. You do the acreage in about three seconds on one of them things. <laughs> you do anything here at uh, at uh, Beach Asidu. Um Yeah, Dave Sandersky from the Gabba. He's the curator. He's got to ready this pitch. Now he's he's up against it with the prevailing weather conditions up in Brisbane, because it is hosed down for about three weeks up there. Yeah, it'll be good to see too. And we're speaking yesterday. Uh, on the drive show about the dropping pitches and, and whatnot with our man Lloyd Pope. <laughs> Lloyd. So for a curator, you someone like themselves that they're obviously um, have to deal with the, the changes in weather, the changes in pitch conditions, and and obviously they've got to try and deliver a pitch that will suit your home, the home t- team, doesn't it? Really. Well, that was the thing about the, the, the start of the summer. They were wondering, oh, can we have it with, at the Gabba with the border closures? But you talk to all the players. And they were like, we're, like the Australian players, we're sweet. We, we'll sit in a hotel room for two weeks. We want, want to, to start at the Gabba. Yeah. That's, our, that's our turf. It didn't quite work out from last year against India. That yeah. was the first time that they've been turned over in a very long time at that particular ground. But over time, the last two decades, yeah. Australia's dominated there. So they were, they were hanging to play up mm. there. They get their wish. Might be a bit of a green top, though. So yeah. <laughs> Broad and Anderson might be suited <laughs> as much as Cummins and, and Hazelwood and Stark. And uh, repeating that news of yesterday, tr- it looks like Travis Head has got the job for the number five spot in the batting lineup. And also Mitchell Stark will keep his spot in the attack. And later on, we'll get the update from Top Sport, thanks to our man Tristan Merlihan, about the draw. Everyone seems to be wanting a piece of the draw. It's, um, it's well, been backed I, in up there because yeah. of, of the rain possibility. I, I think there's, there's got to be, you, sh- you know, just with the what we're looking for the next couple of months. So I think the, the rain will have heavy effect on the whole Usher series. And you think if some of the, you know, if both teams bat, well, it only needs a day or two of rain that, mm. you know, might force a draw or even some days might just be a complete washout. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it doesn't happen because it's such a huge, huge sporting event, the Ashes and all those, you know, the Barmy Army will come out here. They'll still think they're in the north of England with the weather is at the moment. <laughs> they'll land in, they'll still think, well, I'm still in Wigan. What's going on? Bloody La Nina. Yeah. 
Thanks a lot. Yeah, you're with the Mowers Club uh, with Adam Peacock and Brett Finch on your Saturday morning. A bit of a, uh, a scores update from around the place. There is a test match happening at the moment. India v New Zealand. They only got in 70 overs. Uh, India 4 for 221. Uh, AJ's Patel, he took all four wickets, but he got Coley and Pajara both for ducks. Wow. That's, oh, that's rare. And that, they're still amassed a nice total. Yeah. Considering if, so far. if you knock over those two for ducks, you're thinking, geez, we're going to keep them to. Agarwal really is on the 120 yeah. not out. He's the opener, so he struggled a bit down here. But uh, Is Coley still dominating the weight? Like he, you know, missed. as much as he, mm. you, you want to give him a slap, Coley, but you love that <laughs> attitude. That's why Australia's taking no, no. so Because he doesn't, yeah. he's not afraid of Australia's. He doesn't take Australia's BS. Yeah. He stands up to us for so long. We, we would have opposition teams beaten before they got off the plane without, you know, we intimidated them, we bullied mm. them. Coley don't give a rats about that. He takes us on and stands up to us, and sometimes we don't like a bit of our own medicine, you know? No, no. no. That's ten, tends to be the way when mm. you um, go into the realm of the word bully, that uh, once you start giving it back, all of a sudden you don't know how to yes. react, but not calling the Australians bullies. No, but, but that, Vera Coley, he, um, he is... I love him for the fact that he loves test... He puts test cricket up on a pedestal. There's a danger given the riches available in the IPL, yeah, yeah. that they could just get totally carried away with T20. Oh, playing test matches doesn't mean much. No, Coley puts it mm. up there at the top. Which do, you, do you still think even with our... I haven't seen a... We haven't really had a big bash league over here with all our stars available, have we? Like the, the Aussies will yeah. fade in and out, only get a few games there. Well, it's the, te- the, it's the timing of it all, because yeah. they want to play the test matches. It, it seems Cricket Australia want both. They, want, they have to run the big bash in the school holidays. Yeah. If you're going to appeal to kids, well, you've yeah. got to put it on when the kids haven't got school to get up to the next morning. Well, <laughs> if it was back in my day, it wouldn't matter what time, I'd still be there. Truant. Yeah. Uh, but then they have to run the test matches over summer yeah. when everyone's on holidays as well. So they, they're a bit of both. But it's, I think they're happy with where the Big Bash is. Otherwise, you can't have the test matches in like November and nah. February and then just have everyone play. But in the IPL, it's just they wipe away April, May. No. Nah. Yeah. We're not playing any international cricket. And now I think the ICC have just blocked out that whole time to play because they don't want international players having to make the choice. Imagine if Paddy Cummins had a test match to play for Australia at the end of April, but he's got he's getting a $4 million wedge yeah. from his team in the IPL. It's a, it's, okay, it sounds like an easy decision from an Australian point of view, but yeah, put yourself in four, his shoes. Take the $4 million. <laughs> It's a real easy decision. <laughs> Hey, uh, we'll talk a bit of A-League later on. We'll catch up with the boys on uh, the Saturdays on the Coast program. Steve Allen and Michael Butner a little later to preview MacArthur and Central Coast last night. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers 2, Wellington nil down there in Wollongong. I don't know if you saw at the end of the game. Um, it was 1-0 in the like, 93rd minute. So Wellington sent up their goalkeeper <laughs> to join in the attack. and You, you see yeah. it all the time. Guess what happened? They scored down the other end. Ball broke. Oh. Empty net, like in ice hockey, <laughs> up the other end. Johnny Katrumbus, who's this really quick defender, just got the ball, and like, it was like under sixes. Just kick as far the as big, can... big dribble, big dribble, yeah. big dribble. Three touches, scored to, in oh. there, celebrated. That was 2-0. That was the end of the sixes. Oh, so. I tell you what, you got one job, and that's to stay in the net. <laughs> stay in goal. Poor old Ollie Sale. He went up to, thought he was going to be the hero and score the equaliser. You know, the beauty out. of it is, what's, it's, it's a bit like me. I get these ideas in my head, it plays out, and I think this is going to be hilarious. But the actual outcome is totally different. <laughs> so he's running down the field. I can imagine he's heading out. He's envisioning. He's visualising, I'm going to head in there. I'm going to be the hero. And next minute, like, just the, the despair. He would have been sick in his stomach seeing the ball go the other way. Uh, just like me, decisions I make. I, I see the boys will love this, and then it never pans out the way. 
had that happen in my head. Hey, Bathurst 1000. Uh, we're going to speak to Matty White a little later on, as mentioned, with a preview of the big race. But Will Brown yesterday took provisional pole when we're on air for uh, for Drive Finch. Yep. Um, so it's provisional pole. They go into a top 10 shootout so, yeah, what's, today. What's that about, the provisional pole? So he's basically the fastest so far, yep. but it means nothing. I think they do the top 10 shootout today. I'll check it with Matty White later on. But the top 10 only qualify for today. So if you're outside that top 10, you don't get to take part really today. They'll have a few practice sessions. And but does today equate to anything tomorrow? So is it because it's you're driving 161 laps around yes, 6k so circuit. So you're probably having a day off wouldn't hurt, would it? <laughs> it's a bit of bit of time to make things up. I think track time's important. Yeah. So that just to nail down what you want to do with the car. But Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes, for instance, they are going to start 11th. They missed out on the top yep. 10 shootout. So it's important in that regard. But I think that top 10, they can shuffle around a bit. But as you say, it doesn't really matter if you start a little bit back in the yeah. field. You've got time. Like safety cars come out all the time. So that's the thing about Bathurst. You could be leading for 130 laps and you could build up a, a, a 45 second lead. And then the safety car brings safety everyone. Safety car comes out. See, bang. Would you have your, you know, is there two cars per team? Like, like mm. the, wouldn't you have your, your Derek, which I, that would be me, <laughs> your, your B grader? You know, the second banana. If your your yeah. man's coming second and he's a, a minute behind, yeah. we'd just be saying, Finchy, crash into the wall. <laughs> and said, yeah. We'd just sacrifice the sacrificial Maybe. lamb. Maybe. Does that happen? I think the ego of said driver would get ahead oh, of no. the fact that you're doing the team well, thing. Well, mate, yeah. Let's say, Finchy, if you want a job next year, crash your car right now. Go, righto. <laughs> yeah, righto. righto. Um, yeah, it's a bit like that, that safety car scenario. You know when you... you you, you get through a light and you go, yes, I'm, I'm ahead of everyone. It's a, you get up like yeah. down the road and then bang, traffic 20, jam. Yeah, it's 20 like, minutes later. And the bloke you went flying past before drives next to you yeah, just, just like, the, you, yeah. you idiot. Yeah, on <laughs> you, mate. One thing about my car this morning, by the way, that's the, the, the blue thing out yeah. there. Don't go anywhere near it. On the way home after our show, I was starving yeah. last night and I went down to, my son was um, down at football training. So I've gone, oh, I can't be bothered watching him. I'll actually go and get something to eat. <laughs> so I went and got a pizza takeaway pizza devoured it got out of the car said, oh, come on now we've got to go got back home blah 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 got in the car this morning oh crikey i forgot to take the pizza box out oh my car <laughs> smells like a pizzeria well i tell you what smelt worse than the pizzeria yesterday it was me so i'm pretty sure that would that would make me smell better i tell you one thing Thank what God we had the stud 100 oh the, stud 100 <laughs> not only that deodorizes as well it makes things last longer but sends smells away it kills everything the stud For 100 yeah <laughs> what about our gang from tasmania their debut in the nbl the jack jumpers the jack jumpers $81. they won in overtime <laughs> Gets the bullets. 83-74 last night. Catch every NBL game live on ESPN with KO. But, yeah, the Jack Jumpers, what a start. Unbelievable. Fantastic. I reckon that'll be a really difficult place to go down there in well, Tassie. Exactly yeah, they're right. so bloody parochial down and there. And there's no doubt, you know, you go down there and think, on this new team, you know, we spoke to Hem- Hemi the other day. He said, the, the, the obviously, long odds mm. to, to even win. Long odds to even win the title as well as the first game. And, you know, sometimes you go in, you know, a, a bit underprepared or thinking this one's going to be easy and... Mm. You get in there and the crowd was right behind them. It was fantastic. What a great opening game for the new franchise. The Jack Jumpers. And the Perth, Jack Jumpers. Perth Wildcats, uh, 85. Adelaide 36ers, uh, 73. Yeah, Perth Wildcats. They're looking to make the playoffs for the 36th straight time. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Well, they do... You know what, Lauren? You talk Australian sports. You know, obviously, because it's not a, an AFL or NRL team or cricket, which are the main sports. Imagine if it was a regular team. Exactly right, team. mate. That's a phenomenal effort. You know, and there's how that, there's no more, you know, they're not praised for that. Like 30, was it 36 mm. years? Melbourne Storm would be having a record like that if they didn't 
fiddling the books back in the day. Well, I didn't even care about fiddling books. I was just filthy. <laughs> I, was in part, I wasn't a part of it. Um, yeah, the Perth Wildcats, by the way, that's dream start to their uh, coach who spent four years as an assistant at the Boston Celtics, Scott Morrison. So good to see yeah. there's a Scott Morrison <laughs> off to a... Well, at least he's doing something well. He's coaching his team all the big fun. She's in the other one, copying it at the moment. Oh, mate, right why would you get into politics? It's a logo, politics. Speaking of which, don't forget to vote today in the council elections, otherwise you'll cop a fine. Yeah, oh, just another fine. Put it in, <laughs> put it in the glove box with the rest of them. Catch every game of the biggest NBL season yet live on ESPN, streamed on KO. Action continues tonight with the South East Melbourne Phoenix taking on the New Zealand Breakers. So that's the sport update. We're off to a quick break. We've got Tristan Merlihan on the way. We're down at Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am where you can uh, have some fun on the ocean or fun on the property with some of the great vehicles they got down here. It's extraordinary. Come down to Brookvale and check it out. This morning, you're with the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, just talking chop in here and uh, we've got Lockie Croker and Brad Parker coming on for the Manly Warriors Seagulls in a moment and uh, Finchy, yeah. now it's time to talk a few odds. Yep. Uh, Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport oh. is joining us right now. Lord Tristiano, uh, morning mate, how are you? Oh, we're back to normal Saturday, I think I lost you boys. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha, it's like been in the studio, we're down here at uh, Brookvale uh, with Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am, um, but uh, yeah, we've got you loud and clear, mate, how are you? Yeah, good Adam, good uh, Finchy, how's things boys? Well, it's good, that I, I said I'd like to know an, an odds update for me turning up on a Saturday morning 12 months ago, I reckon I was paying about $31, but mm. here fresh, nice and early, and even the boys, I said times have changed there. The Manly boys have rolled in fresh as a daisy. So I thought uh, Saturday morning, that was uh, not really a good spot for an NRL player back in the day. No, no, definitely. And the only thing shorter about your market, Finchie, is, is, is with, uh, if Nick Davis turns up on a Saturday. So it's normally <laughs> exactly. a uh, Finchie $2 Nick, I think, would be the market. We'd have it top spot. Yeah, it's, it's the multi. He, uh, he hasn't shown up this morning. He reckons he's got swans training. It's December. Oh, he sent me a picture from the, uh, the, the, the third, third golf hole there just before. Yeah. So that's where I thought he was. <laughs> they must be doing the fart leg exercises on the, on, the ra- on the golf course this morning. He is a fart leg. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tristan, what's happening with the odds, mate? Um, Ashes, we'll, we'll start with. And what's, um, what's the goss? I, I understand the draw has been become uh, a bit of, or had a bit of interest in the last three or four days. Yeah, been absolutely backed off the map, the draw. It was $5.50 this time last week. It's into $2.50 the draw, $2.20 the Aussies, and four seventy England. So there is a bit of rain expected. It rains three times a year in Queensland. It looks like it's going to be over those three days in the yard of Gabba Test. But the thing with that is, is, is a lot of um, you know, a lot of bowlers can get the ball to move. So you sort of wonder if it's going to mean some low scores and some wickets in clumps. And you know, the, the draw sometimes overreacts when there's a bit of weather around. So I think the Aussies and the in English might be getting out to decent odds, 220 and $4.70 apiece. Yeah, do you think for the series in total, obviously predicted rain for all of summer, do you think the weather will have... A bearing on some of these some of these games moving forward. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like the uh, the outright series betting sees the Aussies short. They're a dollar thirty three. England five dollars in the drawn series eight twenty five. So there will be a bit of an impact with the rain you would expect. But I think it'll be dependent on how this first game goes. If if one of the sides happens to get a result 
then you know it, it puts a bit of pressure on other sides to force results later in the series as well. So even though there is a rain, the way that Test cricket sort of shapes up at the moment, they they can make up play early in the morning or late in the arvo. So I think sometimes the moves in uh, in the draw betting get a little bit over exaggerated. And if you look at the uh, the stats, there's not as many draws as there used to be a few years ago. So I still think, um, but from a betting point of view, if if the rain tends to come, I think. Maybe wait, and if it looks like it's going to be raining on the morning of the match, you might get decent odds about either side of your selection there. Well, watching bad sports on Netflix, if Hansi was still around, the, oh. definitely, the, the, the draw is definitely not going to be an option. Is, can we see anything like that? Happen? Let's declare one innings, you declare the other, and let's get a result. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really comment too much about Hansi, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think I get your point. And it's uh, it, it's either. certainly you can't uh... comment either on Hansi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That uh, is it, some docker that one. That is some it doco. Is, it um, is, isn't it? Oh, there was a good, uh, good little series about. I think Juventus as well, Adam. I think in there. So it's uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's a good series. Luciano Moggi, the, yeah. uh, the dodgiest bloke going around who goes to church and prays a bit and then says, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm expunged of all my sins. Yeah, all oh, I went to oh, good on you, mate. Yeah, yeah I wish I could do that. I walk into a church and I burst into flames. So <laughs> I, I, I they see you coming. <laughs> uh, uh, Tristan, racing today, is there, there much happening? It's kind of, you know, that you have the spring carnival and you, you catch your breath after all of that. And, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few good races around today. Yeah, we got the Kingston Town, the last Group One of the year over in Ascot, where we got the dollar thirty-five favourite, dollar thirty now Western Empire, William Pike on board. So that'll be uh, anchoring most people's multis throughout the day, I would suggest. Um, but the Packenham Cup, which is a decent race too, so really like one there actually. I think Mancayan, it's um, it's been the bridesmaid for so long and broke through for a long-awaited win at last start. I think that might give it a bit of you know, a bit of momentum, and it's a five-dollar shot in the Packenham Cup. That's race seven, number six, Mancayan. The short price favourite in that race is Smoking Romans, but still plenty of good races. Packenham, good good meeting in Sydney, and then the Ascot card, as I said. Fair enough. Hey, just one on the without notice. I'll give you, I'll do the, the the long spiel about it to give you time to get it up on your computer there about the, uh, the the women's World Cup. I don't know if you've got a market up there, but um, the Matildas and after these games against the US and had a good chat to Tony Gustafson yesterday, the coach about where he wants his team is and 2021 was all about learning experiences and and going forward. Um, the Matildas, I can't see them being in the top five picks for the Women's World Cup at the moment. Um, have you got any idea? Have you, you framed one yet? Uh, if you can just give us a little bit more of a rundown, you just weren't quite long enough well, in that, in that done field. enough there to string that out. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to have to lay the blame on the boys. I cannot see a market up yet for the uh, for the Women's World Cup. I think yeah. um, I think it might there, there might be a few more uh, qualifying matches the boys need to get a bit of an eye on. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like it, it, I, I sort of thought the uh, the Matildas, you know, they, they performed all right in one of those matches against the Americans. But yeah, the top five we're, we're certainly not where we were a few years ago. But there's still a bit of time, I guess. So. Yeah. Uh, long story short, I've got no idea about the betting. Yeah, well done, Tristan. Do what I did my whole career, just blame someone else. That's always <laughs> someone else's fault. Just shift the blame. That, that keeps you in a job. Kept me alive for 15 years. It's amazing. Tristan, thanks, mate. Really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, topsport.com.au is where uh, you go to get all the odds. And, um, yeah, we'll touch base soon. Sounds good. Talk soon, boys.
Cheers, Tristan Mellahan from Top Sport. Um, I do have a tip in the Women's World Cup, but I'm gonna, not going to say it until I know what the <laughs> odds are and I can get on first, all right, if you know what yeah. I mean. We're off to a news break. Brad Parker, Lockie Croker from the Manly Warringah Seagulls coming your way. We're live from Brookvale, Sea-Do and Can-Am. Beaches, Sea-Do and Can-Am here on Pittwater Road. Brookvale, back in a moment on the Mowers Club. And speaking of live, we're live <laughs> at Beaches, Sea-Do and Can-Am and Finchie's just eyeing off some of these wonderful machines yeah. and working out which one he's going to burst through the glass, beautiful glass um, yeah. facade here and take I, back I the end like of Doing the shows on the road, but it's disappointing when I look around and I can't fit anything in my pocket to take away. It's, it's too big to fit a seat. What about that big dog, the the, uh, the turbo, the, the Tom Trebojevic uh, here? 80 grand's worth. You're just going to ask to take it for a test drive, and then next thing you know, it's down in Sylvania Waters. Yeah, down just there. take after pay. <laughs> pay after I'm dead. A big no, big no. no. Now, um, the guys here at Beaches, Cedu, uh, are getting on board with the Manly Wearing Seagulls this yes. year, Finchie, um, as a sponsor, and two of the uh, Manly Stars join us right now, Brad Parker and Lockie Croker. Morning, gents. Boys, how are, how are, are we? we? Yeah, good. Oh, looking fresh for the off-season as well. They haven't how let themselves go, have they? But how disappointing. I was expected blurry eyes, you know, <laughs> sort of right at home, but... No, ten, look, ten weeks of holidays done, done us good. So ten yeah. weeks? Yeah. No, a bit extra this year. The NRL's given us uh, two more extra weeks. So what was that? Uh, just because we're in Queensland so long, they gave yeah. us a bit, of, a bit of time extra to spend with their families and whatnot. Isn't it good to making the top four? Like early in my career, yeah. at, at uh, the Raiders bundled out. We finished twelfth or something. Mm. We were back training before Sheffield Shield had started. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it was twelve weeks till Christmas. <laughs> then I got to the Roosters and the Storm later in the year career where you're making grand finals, you're doing three weeks to Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's glorious. <laughs> I know, I know. That, this is the first time I've made the top four, so good experience. Yeah, it actually, that's, that's come on boys, let's keep winning instead of winning the grand final. <laughs> yeah. that, let's achieve our goals, let's keep winning so we don't have to train as much yeah, in, in, before Chrissy. That's right. That'll be the talk this year, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the top four again. Yeah. Um, it was the extra two weeks needed because you were uh, locked away in a hotel with Des Hasler? Yeah. For a yes. very long time. Oh, yeah, that's I would say so. Yeah. And the whole yeah. time he would have been thinking about what we're doing for pre-season. So <laughs> that's why we're not hung over today because we start next Thursday and he would have been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Lockie, would, would you get any messages from Des, say, in, in the time off that you have from him? He's like, oh, like at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday mm. in October. It's like, oh, um, Lockie, next year I want you to just take <laughs> off out of dummy half on the right side and kick on the third instead of the fourth sometimes. Or, Brad, we want you to run a diagonal angle for yeah. the decoy or maybe hit the hole straight on and things like Is it? Do you just need a rest from that stuff? I do. I don't answer him. If he lets me <laughs> go, I won't, I won't pick up. But, um, no, he's pretty good like that. He, he knows when when it's holiday time, he just leaves us alone. But um, he's got plenty of other blokes messing you. We drive past his house sort of most days. <laughs> and... Um, most days his car's not even there, so you know he's sitting in the office just yeah. going over. Just like a hermit. Mate, yeah. talking about you, Lockie, you, you played hooker this year. Now, Ricky Stewart put me to hooker for one game in 2006. Just the one? Re- yeah, well, he realised I couldn't tackle. <laughs> he needed to re- I could have told him that before I went on the field. But I remember being out there and it was, it was round one, so I was stinking hot. And I remember Ford's coming on the interchange, but I was getting that delusional. I'm thinking, well, if he comes on for him and this bike changed there, well, this is for me, this, yeah. I'm off. But yeah. obviously that doesn't happen. How did you go adjusting? Obviously, being a half, you, you were superb this year at hooker, but, you know, obviously the, the quick play of the balls and the new rules help with you, with the ball playing and whatnot. That wouldn't have been a drama, but the extra workload in defence, it's horrendous. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, obviously, helps having big Jake Jaboyevich in there <laughs> next year. And I just <laughs> let, him, let him make the tackles, then I just jump on the top yeah. of him. So it was um, actually round one this year at SCG was going to be the best day of my life playing at the SCG <laughs> and running out there in front of that stadium and then... 
as soon as I got in the game and I realised what I was in for, things turned around pretty quickly. Mate, I remember getting in tackles. I'd be like Hindy, third man in. But then I'd bury me way underneath my teammates, send all them yeah, back. Up Mark up. And then I'd get to Mark and see which way the ball's going. If the ball's going right, I'm pointing the left. But there's no rest in there. And, you know, that's where you get a great appreciation for, for hookers. Because it's not then you get the ball and you can just tuck it under the arm and run. You're then, you're getting the ball and you're going to be more alive and alert than yeah. anyone getting your eyes up. And especially the way you boys attacked, it was, it was like you were attacking the 20, their try line wherever you were mm. on the field. Mm. Yeah, it was good. It was good to be a part of it. There was a few times you get blokes coming off the bench that so just come on for two minutes spraying you to get back, in, <laughs> to get back at A as quick as you can and you just want to start throwing, throwing <laughs> exactly. hands on them before you can make the next table. Well, both establish yourself, though, as, as um, week in, week out first graders. Brad, for you, how, what's the, the path to that kind of status been like for, for yourself? Um, I think it's because at Manly I've always had uh, really good competition with centre roles. Mm. Um, we've never been really thin on positions and stuff like that with outside backs. So, like, at the start of the year, we could have probably had, you know, Dylan Walker and Moses Sully as the starting centres, but... And that's what made it so good. We were always competitive through the pre-season and off-season and made me work harder. So I think that's what's one thing that's, you know, earned my right of starting in the left centre. Well, um, Moses is happy because he's got himself a, like an $800,000 contract yeah. down yeah. at the Dragons he's out done. of that competition. We, 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 I thought Dragons were paying Moneyball this year. <laughs> $800,000. No, not is, Maybe $600,000. Is, is that Rupee or Australian <laughs> But that's, that's what it's done. It's, yeah, it's, it's forced Moses to go and, uh, and look somewhere else, but yeah. you still want that competition. Exactly. And then there's plenty of uh, young blokes now that I've heard that are coming up in the in the juniors and they're looking good so it's going to yeah. you know want me to push harder again yeah you'll school them in uh, pre-season but that's all the hazing <laughs> yeah, mate talking about your centers yourself and morgan harper you know I, I, one thing i like about the manly team is he's developed he's got better as the season went on you know and mm. there's you know a lot of teams have got their big stars and whatnot and obviously you know you usually got time and chairs and whatnot but you know i thought the development of yourself and morgan harper unlike any other centers your ability to put your wingers in space yeah. you know there's a lot of centres these days who are just big and strong, especially coming through the grades. And you just pass them ball because they, they're going to beat people on pure strength and size. But there's not many with the ability who can put a winger away, like, oh, Kurt Gidley, or just give your winger a bit of space. You two guys, your wingers had 20-plus tries. Mm. Obviously, um, Ruben Garrick was the top uh, point scorer. Yeah. He scored a million points. And young Saab mm. got better and better. So, you know, that must be a, a, you know, a feather in your cap where, while you may not be scoring as many mm. as you like, you're certainly creating plenty for the, yeah, the yeah. bloke outside you. The thing with them is they're so quick. You, they yeah. don't have to have much room. Yeah. You know, so any little opportunity you can get them ball in open space, yeah. you know, it's a try. Especially Saab, like he's unreal. Like, <laughs> give him a little metre and he's gone. So, yeah. no, it's good. Um, especially have Tom there as well. Mate, he sets up some tries as uh, well. So. Yeah, it's unreal. I was going to get to him. Um, <laughs> Always. Yeah, we took us about the fourth question. Or <laughs> so, yeah, Lockie, when you're close, to the, I noticed it a few times last year, um, when you're close to the line and then all of a sudden this big six-foot-six freaking mega-athlete goes, give me the ball. And even Cherry Evans is like, okay, yeah. I'll stand it out of the way. He's giving the ball. Yep. Yeah, there was a few times actually I'm, I'm watching over the video I'm wondering why I'm not getting tries for it <laughs> On the last pass, and exactly. they're, they're not giving it to me. So I've got a few bones to pick there. But, yeah, mate, it's, he's um, one hell of an athlete. Even if you, that Cowboys game when he beat yeah. half the Cowboys, their coaching staff, and the crowd, and then you, <laughs> there was a, a stage where he beat that last tackle and I knew he was going to score, and I just stood there with my hands on my head going, what, what am I watching? There's five of us on the field, and we're sitting there looking like, we're like we look like fans. Yeah. Like, what's you're sort of just running yeah. next to him. Yeah. Don't, I'll be like, don't pass it, you keep it. I'm, yeah. I'm here if you need me. Yeah. But there was one game we called, I called for SEN, 
the game you just played the dog, you just won 66 mm. nil or And you had dead set four tries disallowed. Mm. I, honestly, for yeah, every it. time Tom touched it, it was at least a point zero zero one second played the ball. Like, that was that worst. Mm. Like, it's, he was at one point, he was waiting in the in goal to wait for his brother to pass it to him. Yeah, that's like under tens. Yeah. You know, the little yeah. brother who comes like, it, it was amazing. Yeah. But I think he's evolved so much more than, than just Tom. Lucky for you, how hard is it? Because I think this is a big thing for hookers these days where some young hookers don't get this. With the speed of the play, the ball, yeah, it might be 15 metres for them, but you need to get it to your playmakers because that, you know... So to pick who to go to, because you've got Foz on the left side, you've got Ches and Jake, who, you know, Jake Ball plays himself on the right, and then you've got possibly, in my opinion, the best player in the world at the moment, yeah. Tom, there. So, and not only you've got your option for yourself, how hard is it to know who to go to and, and when to go to them? Well, I found pretty early on, it didn't matter who I passed it to, I was getting sprayed by the yeah, bloke on the, the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always bloke. If I hit Foz and Ches wanted it, I was yeah. getting sprayed there. So it, was, it made my job pretty easy, though, with... Obviously, the way that the footy, the style of footy that we were playing, mm. I didn't have to overcomplicate myself and yep. sort of try and reinvent the wheel. I was just, if there was time and space, I knew that there were better players than me that were going to do a better job mm. attacking the space than I would. So, um, next this season, moving into it, it might be something that I, I look for, look into, and, and sort of try to evolve, I suppose. But last year, and the way that we played, and I'm assuming it'll be the same this year. I didn't have to do anything mm. outrageous, and mm. like with Jake Ball playing as well, we had three ball players and then Tom. So, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, points in us, so it wasn't one of those things I was really fussed about. I remember that afternoon, actually, clearly, because it was in lockdown. Yeah. Being a Manly fan. Mm. Not locking the dogs. No. Nah. Yeah, that whole well, Dez no thing. The and dogs, then dog, yeah. dogs fans were just giving it to you as a Manly fan. Oh, thanks for Dez, especially when they made the grand final the first day. <laughs> and watching that, and it was like watching Valley yeah. B grade. It was. Like the reserve graders play against the first grade team. It, it was, Jeez, it was enjoyable. It would have been enjoyable. Just a great afternoon in lockdown. Just well, on the couch watching you guys. Well, the worst thing about this manly team is you don't hate them. You know, like, yeah. they're a likeable bunch. You know what I mean? And, and <laughs> yeah, we're good blokes. You are, you are good blokes. <laughs> yeah, but, like, even the manly teams I played against, I was great mates with a lot of them. But you still hated watching them. And you yeah, hate, yeah, they like, yeah. These blokes are great to watch. And you talk about ball players. You're two back rollers. As good a ball players as anyone. Yeah. Like they've got amazing ability too. Where's the fine line there? You know, then you get to a big semi and you've got to arm wrestle. And, mm. and I thought, I think it was in the South game, he's only had the ball very rarely, but he's had two tries disallowed. But mm. he's had sort of once, and it's like, if you can build pressure yeah. and get into an arm wrestle, he's obviously mm. can break open any team. Is it a fine line to, you know, instead of just going all out blitz from the word go, you just try and build your game in that regard? Yeah, that, I think that for us is definitely the next step. Um, we were sort of happy to win games, scoring 40 points and, and leaking 30. <laughs> all years were. Yeah. yeah. And we, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to be a part of. But yeah, exactly. We, um, we got away with a few games that we probably shouldn't have. And then yeah. when, we, when we turned up in those games, obviously Melbourne tailed us and then um, Bunnies put us to the sword as well. And there were times we could have fought our way back into it, but we just we weren't there yet. Mm. We just, as a team... Um, yeah, that just, we, that just wasn't our style of footy that we were prepared to play. So that's, that's the next step for us. Well, it's funny where you come from. After four rounds last year, statistically, they were the second, you, you guys were the second worst team yeah. outside of the 2002 Cowboys. And let me tell you, they were terrible because I made a line break against them. That's how bad they were. <laughs> they were that's when the Cowboys were good. You'd go up there and just flog yeah. them and you'd be at Mad Cow all night. Yeah, that was yeah, the good yeah. old days. But when you think about it, this, this, the way you've built your season, to finish in the top four yeah. and now... Well, you're going into next season as one of the premiership favourites. It's a remarkable six months of footy mm. in quarantine as well. Yeah. 
Well, it's 26 rounds. Like, it's, it's, it's a so long time. Long. Like, uh, people at the start of the year, like, I, I was freaking out. I had head noise, but... Yeah, oh, try uh, being me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, like, you, you only know it's the first month of footy. So, we, we, you know, we had a couple, you know, both coming back named Tom DeVoyers. But, um, look, you just got to hang in there and, you know, stick with theirs because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, not once did he look worried, even yeah. after the fourth round. So. You know that, that 5K exclusion zone uh, that came in during lockdown? Yeah. Well, Tom's actually got that now. <laughs> and you know the 5K exclusion zone from Monovale? Is that it his... stops at about yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't reach down to the freaking Corso no, because no. he's not allowed down no, there. He's, like, he's got a life ban. Yes. Yeah. It's on the WhatsApp group, yeah, is it, yeah. Tom? Stay away. Yeah. Each Friday night, Tom, yeah. just a reminder. He's got posters all around Manly. <laughs> Don't <laughs> let him out. Stay out. Don't let him out. Hey, guys, we're going to hit a, a short break. Stick around. Do want to get into, uh, obviously, the news, not particularly pertaining to Brandon Smith, but just in general about signing and what happens behind the scenes and give us a bit of an insight after the break, if that's okay. Just no get worries. it in your head while we uh, take a quick break Yeah, here. see if you can tell us where you're going to sign for two, <laughs> exactly. in six years' time. <laughs> and how it all happens <laughs> as well. We're back in a moment on the Mowers Club. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. No, it's not. Nick Davis can't be bothered this morning, so Brett Finch is here. Oh, mystery libels here on a Saturday morning, eh? <laughs> We're at Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am. Uh, great showroom at Brookvale, and it's just across the way from yeah. Brett Finch Park over there, oh, Four mate. Pines Park. Hot sweats looking at the place. <laughs> but you know what? They talk to Silvertails. It's the worst ground in the world. The sheds you can't stand up in. Like the home team, I'm sure they've got beds in there. It could be like a palace. The way sheds are terrible. The ground, Desi would be at hosing it during the week. It feels like quicksand. I said to you as well, as a fan, it's not much better as well. You, st- you sit on the hill, you go over the back, you, you do not, whatever you do, you do not want to go to the toilet <laughs> as a fan back. of Brookfield because you go over the back and you go into the toilets and think of the worst pub toilets yeah. at 2am you can think of and multiply by 10 and that's well, what you've well, got there. Tell us my, my last year in 2013, I, I was cooked <laughs> and, and there was a couple of games left and we're getting pumped here by, by Manly and Glenn Shore made about 36 tackles, and Gifty had been terrorising me down, hit the right edge. And they were close to the line, and there was about three minutes left, and Gifty was calling for it. He's going to just run straight over me. And I likely went, Gifty, no, please, mate. <laughs> like, it was like mercy. Like, mate, I, I don't want it, please. And he just, he told me, I'm not the other way, I went up to thank you very much. Like, it was like he just beaten me up so much, he even felt sorry for him. I said, mate, it's 26 new, he's going to win. Please, I just don't want to make another tackle. Please go somewhere else. Lockie Croker and Brad Parker are here from the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Um, guys, is there a guy in the competition that you look at and go, yeah, I might need some help handling this fella? Um, not that I'd tackle much, but uh, Payne Haas, he scares me. Yeah, he's a big yeah, unit. He's a big unit. He's massive. And yeah. he can move too, he, isn't he? Yeah, full yeah. work and everything. Like, I, I don't understand it. He's 120 and faster than me. And he tries hard. It's like usually big yeah. blokes, you're supposed to have no engine. Yeah. And when you get tired, you're yeah. supposed to be lazy as. Yeah. I seen him run down to Desco once. It's like, what are you doing back there? <laughs> Lockie, anyone yeah. that you need help with? No, I'm probably with that as well. I remember um, looking at the Broncos forward pack and they're all just young blokes. They're just full of, <laughs> just want to run over and bash you. And that was probably the worst. You just want guys that are going to try and do their job and get a quick play of the ball, but they're trying to bust you. You've got you. one coming this year, don't you, from the Broncos? The young, um, young Ford, yeah, yep, young prop. He's oh, coming down. Yeah, yeah, Bully yeah, Ethan, so yep. He's coming down. Well, how, how does training go? Because, you know, with the senior blokes, there's a gentleman's agreement. Like, I had Adrian Morley, who was... I love playing with Adrian. One of my favorite... Like, just go after anything, you know, which come out and shoulder charge his grandmother, if Ricky mm. Stewart told him to. But at training... It's like a teddy bear, you yeah. know. That's but there's like the gentleman's agreement. But then you get the young kid who comes in, who's just a tear away. And you know, you know, you go, yeah. wait, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop Do you, it. Have you got any of them? You know, the 
the, the blokes who train at, at footy speed? Well, with us, it's always the outside backs because they're out there doing nothing. We <laughs> put a kick in and they want to take the first two carries. Yeah, exactly. so like, yeah. <laughs> How's Jakey going? Like, Jake's the world's nicest bloke. Yeah. I remember um, working at one of many jobs before I got sacked for Fox Sports. And I, I, I interviewed him for, and he goes, is, is that okay? I said, good. Of course it's okay. Yeah, it's a yeah. simple... Like, as long, like, I wanted to make sure it's all fine in the interview. Well, it's nice to spoke. Then goes out and tries to murder people on the yeah, field. Like, flies in, like, mood yeah. axe blokes around the legs. Yeah, he's a psycho. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting all the anger off his chest in training. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when we have wrestle and he was like, partner up, everyone just moves away from Jake. Like, no one goes near him. Like, yeah. We had a wrestle session last off-season, actually, and we had a, it was a five-minute um, one-on-one, just wrestle as long as you can. Jake comes straight over to me and grabbed me. I was on my back for five minutes straight. Just, his sweat just hit me in the face for five minutes. It's like one of those UFC but, fights yeah. where they just grapple for a round. It's like a python just wrapping yeah, around. Yeah, big bowl and shoot that you just lay there. I mean, I love when he's competitive as him and Tom, and he goes off at the refs. Well, there's four boys. He charges into the refs, and you see him lose it. And then two seconds later, you see him come over like, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, He just does just apologise. Yeah. And it's unhinged as well. You, it's a bit yeah. like self-finching. Yeah. Everything's going everything. You can get hit with anything. Yeah, anyway, um, just back to Adrian Morley. There's a great story I heard once about Adrian Morley because you, you said, yeah, he's, he's the nicest guy in the world, but back as a kid in the UK, he was a bit of a scallywag. Yeah. They went to one of those, um, this was when Robbie Williams was like king in England. He came up for a, a, like a, a visit at a, at a record store or something like that. So Morley and his mates went into the, went into the record store, stood up the back, and they all got... The, the straws with the paper and started spitballing him. And Robbie Williams has been hit in the head by the spitballs and things like that. So. Oh, that's golf. But he, he calmed down when he came well, out. He was a good teammate. Salford, Salford boys, so they, they were wild. We went over mm. there in 2003 to play the World Club Challenge. We trained at Salford. And he had to go talk to the local bloke on the street and say, listen, don't, don't go after the team bus. We go, what do you mean? He said, mate, team bus come back. Other teams would be vandalised. Yeah, yeah. So, but he, he was yeah. at the... Had the lay of the land. He spoke to the locals and they they, they steer clear to our team bus. Hey, guys, um, just the, the news this week about Brandon Smith, it, it, it brings to the forefront again the fact that you, you guys are allowed to sign 12 months ahead of ahead of schedule when you, your contract is up and, and look after your future that way. From a fan's point of view, and I said it yesterday on Drive, it's really hard to stomach when the player is pictured in the colours of the new club, even though they're going to... It's like, like um, kick-out was for... For the dogs, yeah. give us a player's perspective about what it does. Does it give a lot more um, security and put you at ease if if you are able to sign that? Because there, there's thoughts of maybe going to a transfer window or a signing window throughout the course of the season. How, how does it rest with your players? Yeah, it's I can obviously see it from from the fans' side of things, but it's um it's one of those things that you want your job sorted for the year after, because mm-hmm. um, you don't know what's going to happen in that that next 12 months of footy. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, a fine line between finding something that works for players, something that works for fans, something mm. that works for staff of clubs. So it's, um, it's definitely something that's going to have to be looked into, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break. We'll be back in a moment to wrap it up with the boys and let them go on their Saturday morning because I've got one week left before Des gets them back to training and they want to utilise that time. We're back in a moment. <laughs> this is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. And actually not Nick, Brett Finch down here at Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am at Brookvale. And uh, Brad Parker and Lockie Croker from the Manly Warringah Seagulls are here for the next minute or so. Um, has it hit you Thursday? 
What's Des yeah. going to throw at you first day of pre-season training, do you think? The, the scary thing is I don't know. I really, <laughs> I still, really don't know. Yeah, you still don't. I don't is know. he as bad as everyone says? Or His pre-season are very hard. Yeah, yeah hundred hundreds maybe? Oh, I worse. don't know. It's just, Worse? It comes up, the, whatever he comes up with, it's just torture. So, so it's running the first couple of weeks? Yeah. Is, is there any drill that, like, there's, there's always the one to Sandhills down south. Sticky would have his, his hundreds. Palm Beach. Is there something Palm that you, Des always does every preseason, which is just a torture session? With the fours, he used to make us train on the Tuesday, but he'd say it was wrestle, and he'd say we'll do wrestle on the field, and we'll get out to the field and end up doing rolling rock for 45 minutes and say it was wrestle. <laughs> oh, awesome. Great fun. Great fun. Well, gents, it's all ahead of you. Uh, yeah. Look forward to that. Well done. You'll rest easy at Christmas, no doubt, and then get yeah. back in January and look forward to the season ahead. We'll far this afternoon, boys. Thanks for joining us. We're done. Can you give me a free drink down there? Put a good word in for Brad me. Brad Parker, Lockie Kroger joining us. Uh, that's our first hour done. We're back in a moment with Thanks, the Mowers Club after the news. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Here at uh, Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am, the showroom. It's spectacular, isn't it, mm. Finchie? It's just... It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And weren't the Manly boys great? Yes. Fantastic fellas. Good times. And uh, yeah, what about them? They're like going to bed at 9 o'clock in anticipation of what Des is going to throw that, at them. That's um, Craig Bellamy-like. That's, yeah, that's... But it's good. It's that, like, how are you going to get, the, you gonna get and, better? And then you need a bit of fear. That's what keeps mm. you on track. When you know you can get away with things is when you, you drop your guard a bit. And, mate, they're going to be hard to beat again this year. That, that's second half of the year, or certainly when Tom come back to push into fourth spot. So. They've got to figure out a way against the, the top sides. That's, yeah. There was a big, there was a big, there was two manlies almost. Yeah. The ones against the, the really top guys. And they were close in one game, I reckon, against Penrith. Mm. And they weren't far off against Melbourne a I, couple I, times. Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. And then Lockie mentioned that, just getting that fine line to when you've got to build games more. But, man, they've got strike across the board oh, that ridiculous. not many other teams have got in the comp. Yeah, they're, they're as dangerous as Finchie on a sea on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> exactly I reckon. Exactly right. <laughs> Imagine that. Hey, we're going to talk a bit of Big Bash right now. We're uh, looking forward to this. It starts tomorrow, and you can catch all the, the action here on SEN. You're with the Mowers Club this morning, Toro Mowers. Whether you need a trim, blow, cut, or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. I need everyone. all three. And a man who's out there, I don't know if he's inspecting the pitch out at uh, the SCG, but they're going to have a hit today, a bit of a practice session. I want to know what a T20 practice session mm. entails. Nick Larkin from the Melbourne Stars join us right now. Uh, joins us right now. How are you, mate? You've just lobbed in Sydney? Yeah, I have. G'day, Adam. G'day, Brett. Uh, we, yeah, we arrived last night and we're pretty pumped to, to get the season started tomorrow despite the sort of miserable weather that's haunting the east coast of Australia at the moment. Yeah, that's not only the weather, a lot of things are haunting me at the moment, Nick. Don't worry about that. Uh, mate, <laughs> run, run us through, in terms of a rugby league, like your last session is very much a walkthrough, you know, or you're a bit of a jog. You're going through your final plays, just ticking off. Everyone knows the, the, the particulars for the game tomorrow. Um, what, what's it like for you, uh, the 2020? What, what will you do today uh, in, your, in your last session before tomorrow's big match? Yeah, not dissimilar to, as you say, they're pretty punchy sort of sessions because you want to save uh, most of the energy that you've got for the game. Uh, the bowlers might treat it a bit more like the, the rugby league players do where they just sort of feel out a few deliveries and then they're done and they're ready to go. And, and the batters, it's such an individual, um, it's such an individual sport really that, some guys will spend an hour in the nets. Other guys will spend five minutes. Some guys try and hit the ball as hard as they can. Other guys try and get the basics in order. So, uh, yeah, it's a, really, it's a really individual sort of day. And our coaching staff at the Stars are really good at, um, I guess, allowing us to do what each of us need to do and, and feel ready to go for the game. Yeah, I guess that comes with experience. But does it take a while to, re- to know what you need to do? Because like you said, it's obviously a team sport. 
but it's very much things like batting. It comes down to individual performance and you know your individual preparation. Has it taken you a while to, to sort of feel what, what works best for you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've had some coaches in the past, um, mostly with the stars, who sort of challenged me on um, are you hitting too much? Um, are you hitting just because you want to feel better? Is it helping you anymore? Um, so, yeah, it is really, it's really individual. And then, I guess, within that as well, you've got guys who might bat in the last two or three overs of the game and you've got guys who, who bat towards the top so, um, and have a longer period of time that they might have to bat. So everyone's preparing really specifically for what they think they might have to do in the game, um, which has been one of the great, uh, I guess, evolutions of cricket through 2020 cricket that you get guys that, that really plug into these specific roles they might have a job in the team that's to face five or ten balls, which, um, you know, was sort of unheard of when, certainly when I was growing up watching one-day cricket and things like that. So yeah. I think, you, you know, people would be interested if they got to, to watch a 2020 training session and see the way guys go about it these days. So a guy like Glenn Maxwell, who has got unbelievable talent, and he's made the most of his talent, especially in T20s, because he's, he's switch hitting as well. I've heard he... He pumps a, a golf ball a very long way as well. The guy can just mm. purely strike the ball. What's he like uh, at close quarters viewing? Uh, it's remarkable, to be honest. Um, you know, Glenn's one, I think they call him the freak, the big show, you know, a number of different names, but they're all accurate. He um, Basically, if he, if he can picture it in his mind, he's capable of doing it. You know, he can turn around and hit a six left-handed at 100 metres. Um, <laughs> Most, most of us struggled to do that, uh, hitting to, to our natural side. Um, but, yeah, Glenn's, Glenn's a phenomenon um, in that sense and is probably, you know, your, your prototype 2020 player. But to be up the other end to him, um, you know, it, it is quite literally the best seed in world cricket at times. Uh, and you just got to stay out of his way and, and let him do his thing because I don't know what he's going to do. The bowlers don't know what he's going to do. Um, and I think at times he doesn't know what he's going to do. He just does it. Um, and it's pretty amazing to watch. So hopefully he turns it on for the fans at the SCG tomorrow night. Each to their own. And I'm not bagging people with top knots, but is he still rocking the top knot? Uh, I think he might have gotten home from the World Cup and managed to get into a barber and yes. uh, get that that monstrosity addressed. So, yeah, I don't know if we'll see that. <laughs> well, I'm we'll glad we're on the same path. <laughs> then. The high top ponytails have got to go, top knots, whatever you want. Uh, Nick, run us through... It, the, the 2020, because it's a, like, from my point of view, it depends where you're batting the order, but you're expected there to go out there and make quick runs, right? But at the same time, you can't throw your wicket away, you know, but you can't be sitting there and be a corpse with pads. How much of a fine, fine line is it to, to build your innings, so to speak, and as quickly as you can? Because, you know, while you do want to score runs, you want to keep your position in your team, but, you know, you don't want to be just throwing your wicket away. So how hard is it in this format to get out there and, and, and get your game on as quick as possible. That's the entire challenge of it is sort of, you know, uh, do you hold them, do you fold them? Uh, if you hold them, you can't hold them for too long. Um, you, you've sort of got to go out there with the intent to, to dominate the game, but it's still a game of cricket. You've only got to score one more run than the opposition. So um, that might be different if you're batting first or batting second. Sometimes you come up against a team that might have a Rashid Khan who's, you know, best in the world, and you've got to take that into account. Um, and sometimes the wicket mightn't be as conducive to a high score as others. So I guess that's all the experience of your years of cricket across various formats um, and trusting those instincts that you've developed to say, right, what's a good score on this pitch? 
um, who's the bowler you're going to target today, all those different things come into it. But, yeah, the, managing that pressure of the game when you're out there, knowing that, gee, I really have to get on with things. And as you say, I don't have much time to sort of settle into my innings here. Um, that's, I think that's the real difference maker. And, you know, look at a guy like Marcus Stoinis for us who's gone and delivered that at a World Cup level where he's, he's got that incredible ability to stay calm, um, even when the situation's starting to look really big. Um, and we were certainly very proud at the Stars to see those guys deliver, deliver the World Cup um, as amps. And, and Maxi all heavily involved in that for Australia. So, yeah, we've got some, some guys who are expert level at that stuff and uh, the rest of us are still trying to learn off them. Um, just on Zampa and Stoinis, uh, no, no news to update in terms of uh, they're still very much attached at the hip and making each other nice little artisan coffees in the morning and reading poetry to each <laughs> other and all of that. Yeah, it's it's certainly grown some legs to that bromance, but they do they do love each other's company. Um, they're very funny guys, and I can see why they like enjoying uh, you know spending time together because because they're good company. So um, I guess if you're walking around the east of Sydney today, you might see Zamps and Stoyan holding hands and um, having a coffee somewhere along along the coast. Yeah. That's part of the parcel in the eastern suburbs. Do the Bondi, yes, Bondi walk the, together yes, and, you know, get in the lycra. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, speaking about good company, yeah. the, the company you face tomorrow, the Sixers, um, a big challenge, obviously, uh, defending champs and, and a, no better way for you guys, I guess, to, to get an early benchmark of where you're at is taking them down the, the uh, week one of the tournament. Yeah, they've, they've been uh, the team to beat for the last couple of years, back-to-back champions, very well... Very well-balanced team, uh, well-coached side. Greg Shippard's probably, you know, one of the master coaches in Australia. So you know you're just going to be tested, as you guys say, um, and find out where you're at. So tough way to start against them on their home patch. Um, but we're, we're confident that if we play our best and, um, you know, key players higher, that we're going to be very hard to beat. I think that's every year with the Stars. He's always had a good lineup. Um, Biggest underachievers in the competition. Sorry, Nick. Well, this year couldn't change. Is it going to be different this year? He's always been there, thereabouts, without just getting that final hurdle. Um, but, but like you said, it's a, it's a great lineup you guys yeah. have. Yeah, you know that the sort of underachievers tag. I think that's um, people that watch and maybe write or comment on sports <laughs> tend to buy into that more. more De- than Derek's the, uh, like us who have never had, never played a game in our life. We just have kind of <laughs> Yeah. We don't we don't sit around calling ourselves underachievers or uh, anything like that. But we're you know you got to turn up confident to tournaments that you can win it this year. And it's not like you can win it without trying. You've got to turn up, and almost everything has to go right to end up winning a tournament as tough as the Big Bash. But we've got some. Um, I'm not allowed to to give too much away, but we've got some pretty exciting overseas signings that are going to be joining us soon. Um, that hopefully can help us grab that first trophy um, that's eluded us so far. You know, I think we've, we've missed out in three, three finals. Uh, the consistency yeah. of, of getting to the, the big games has been there, but um, you know, we're aware that we'd like to fill up the trophy cabinet, um, and I think we've got the squad this year to do it. Well, Nick, uh, being an underachiever is better than being a non-achiever, and I yeah. know all about that. So we'll leave it there, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, and good Perfect. luck tomorrow for the Stars against the Sixers as uh, the BBL season starts in earnest. And have a good Saturday, Arvo, in Sydney. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You too.
Nick Larkin joining us from the Melbourne Stars. Off to a quick break. We're going to talk some A-League football soon. We might get the great Spud on the phone yeah, as well, well if he's off his C-do, off Bayview well, there. Well, this is Spud's territory this over here. We've got to talk to the mayor. Spudville. Back in a moment. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club coming to you from uh, Brookvale, the Sea-Doo and Can-Am store. It's uh, what a showroom this is. Um, we're going to take talk some A-Leagues football right now and uh, search A-Leagues for more info to buy tickets so for whatever game you want to go to because the men's competition is up and running, of course, a few weeks in and the women's competition starts this weekend. There's a big game at Penrith tomorrow between... Uh, MacArthur FC and the Central Coast Mariners. Now, joining us right now, the hosts of On the Coast on SEN Track Central Coast, Steve Allen and Michael Butner. Morning, guys. How are things? Yeah, fantastic, mate. We're at the uh, Regional Bash, which is at the uh, Tugra Sporting Complex, and it just looks magnificent. So this morning we'll see the Central Coast women in action. A little bit later on today, they'll take on Newcastle. So you know how powerful that Hunter region is. So that should be a cracking game. It's all in the uh, T20 format. Hey, before we go any further, you might have heard that Michael Buten has had a lengthy career in media, but he does zero research. Adam, paint a picture for us. Have you got the New York Times there, the LA Times, the London newspapers? Give Butes a snapshot of what a real sports show looks like. Oh, mate, I've got Code Sports open. And that gives you all the detail about all the big stories, Buttes. Um, I'm saying that yeah. because I work for them full-time. Uh, that's my <laughs> regular gig. CodeSports.com.au, check it out. But no, uh, yeah, I, I, I like reading every morning. The first thing I do is basically get on the phone and um, read for half an hour or whatever. It doesn't take much. And I'm looking forward, guys, to this game at uh, Penrith tomorrow. They've had to move it, MacArthur Bulls, um, because the, the pitch isn't quite ready at uh, Campbelltown. So and they're taking on the Central Coast Mariners. And again, guys, uh, you'll give us the, the lowdown on the Mariners. They're the little club that could. They punched way above their weight last season. And there's a few signs un, uh, under Nick Montgomery, the new coach, that they can do it again. Yeah, there certainly is. You know, they've uh, come out well. I, I think the big thing for the Mariners and something that's really impressed me over the last two seasons and, and Nick Montgomery's going to continue this and he's been in charge of the academy program for the last three or four seasons is that he's bringing through the youth and, and we saw uh, they had success last week in the FFA Cup game. Yeah, uh, highly controversial because uh, Mark Birrigitti was sent off with a red card. There was a penalty. They were down 1-0. Yep. And then Maresh scores his first goal, the Brazilian. Uh, interesting too, Adam. Maresh, the only place he has played is Brazil. Uh, mm. And he's come out here as a young man. Urania could have scored a hat-trick in that game. And, uh, you know, he really made the difference. And I think Josh Nisbet was outstanding as well. Yeah. So like you said, Butes, that's another academy player. Another academy. And I think Harry Steele played the full game uh, the other night, which is fantastic for the young kid. He got, a, uh, he got his debut uh, that first game against Newcastle. Uh, got 10 minutes there. But, look, there's so many young kids coming through. Jacob Farrell uh, out at left back. He had a great start against Newcastle. Struggled a bit uh, in the next game. But I think overall, uh, Nick has done a great job in terms of bringing... And that's you know what he brings to the side in terms of... That's what he was like on the field himself. He had that character, that gutsy, that gritty determination. Uh, and I think he's instilled that. And I, I don't think it's a bad quality at all to instill in the uh, Mariners. I think it's yeah. a really tough one tomorrow, Adam. I'd like to get your thoughts on it because MacArthur pulled off the massive upset at Netstrata Jubilee or mm. Cogra against Sydney FC last week. 
Yeah, it'll be, I reckon it'll be a little tense affair out there at Penrith. Um, I, I just, like both coaches, especially Ante Milicic at MacArthur, he'll, uh, he'll look to be really, really steady with and without the ball. So I, I can't see it being a, like a blowout 3-0, 4-0, but uh, the Mariners had some great results against MacArthur last season. One, one I do want to ask you guys is, um, especially Michael Butner, former footy player, Mariners coming up against Danny De Silva tomorrow. Uh, so mm. Danny had a great season last year at the Mariners, but then walked away and uh, went down to MacArthur. Um, do you kick him? Do you, do you let him know you're there early Mate, in the game? Of course you do. Matty Simon <laughs> will let him know. There's no doubt about it. Matty Simon <laughs> lets did. everybody know <laughs> that he's around. Uh, but he will, you know what, the first five, ten minutes, you're going to go in that little bit hard. You're going to remind him that, you know what, he's left us. And, you uh, know, have and you got some intel? Is Matty Simon in? Well, uh, I'm not here to suggest that he is, but Hope my so. sources tell me that yeah. there's a fair chance he uh, might get a start. I tell you, Adam, he was good last week too, Danny De Silva. Uh, also, Tommy Orr, that combination was good. Noon on the right side with some fabulous crosses. So they really pulled off an ambush last week. And they're a team that like to dominate possession. And you would have seen, I think last week it was 30-70 Sydney FC's way. So, you know, it showed that Ante Milicic, he's got a plan A, B and C. And, and he went with plan C last week to beat the juggernaut that is Sydney FC. Hey, mate, Butes and I have both got a question. Where mm. is Finchie? Uh, he's <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> at him right now. He's two-year-old here. Um, oh. Actually, I'm looking at them both thinking, which one's the two-year-old? So, um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um, oh, yeah, he's, he's just collecting her. You would have heard the noise at the start of this little segment. He went off and um, got in one of these Can-Ams and, um, yeah, he uh, started pumping the music as loud as he could and they were having a great time. So, Finchie's going to come back in a minute. But, guys, we've got a bail. Really appreciate it uh, this morning. Have a great show up there and, um, yeah, we'll catch you soon, eh? Beautiful, mate. Thanks Good for your boys. time. It's like uh, just like old times, like the old 2GO yeah. days. See you, mate. Exactly. Steve Allen, Michael Butner joining us from the Central Coast. And don't miss MacArthur FC. They take on Central Coast Mariners tomorrow. Secure your seats now out there at Penrith. Search A-Leagues to buy tickets. Just waiting on the boys. It seems like they've gone out. Bloods, are you here? We're here. We're here. We're here. Sorry. I was just expecting all the sea-doos, actually. I've got uh, Gibbo back in the studio holding the fort. Thank God he's there as well. Mm. Having a look at... Um, I don't, da Vinci, there's this mini one here that yeah. I'm just going to leave. My car's a pile of junk. I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to ask for a trade. I'm going to yeah. go back on the mini thing here. It's impressive. It really is. It's... Even my missus thought about opening the purse string, so, which is not really that hard because she'll... She loves spending money, but geez, they're an impressive, well, impressive machine, aren't they? Well, she deserves to be able to buy well, what she's she got to make herself happy because I don't want to be that. Footing up <laughs> with your good self. Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're down here this morning in uh, Brookvale at B- Beaches Cedar, and uh, one man well, who yeah, knows this place know well. It, it, the mayor. Let's get the mayor on the yeah. phone. We've got to talk to him. Mark Carroll, um, the uh, the Baron of Bayview up there, and he's he's seen out on Pitwater regularly on one of these Cedars. Uh, Spud, how are you, mate? Oh, good morning, man. I'm hearing you doing a stellar job there. Unfortunately, I can't get there. Some of us have to work doing another job for <laughs> Spuds, but you're in the best shop. How good's the showroom? It's uh, yeah. the number one in uh, New South Wales and, and Simon and the gang there. Um, as I said, I've had C-Dos for the last probably eight years now, um, and I'm an ambassador now for these guys on the best waterways in Sydney, that being the pit water. Hey Spud, you know what, we, when we always work together you talk a lot and we, you've shown me some unbelievable footage of you on, on the Cedars. Now, up close and personal, I see what all the fuss is about. What high quality machines, how impressive are they? 
uh, incredible Finchy. Um, like I said, I've had them for over the last eight years, so they've they've just gone to a new level. Um, the size of them are uh, they're like a small boat. Um, they, they say they take three seaters. The thing is, you put the wife on the first time, she won't want to come with you because they're so quick. They're not to hundred in dead set under four seconds. You try and do that Ooh. in a car, it doesn't happen. Right. And we're on the I water, so in my car. I just. <laughs> but, but as I said, mate, it's just the waterways we've got in Sydney, um, especially up the pit waterway and, and over in the Cronulla way, the, uh, it's just it's the best way of getting around. Like, I can get up the Woi Woi for a beer in 30 minutes. You try and do that in a car. <laughs> Impossible. I, but I guess as well, because you, you had um, a few issues in lockdown with, with your gym, i.e. it had to shut. And I'm guessing getting on the back of a sea out on uh, out on the ocean or out on the waterways is... It's pretty therapeutic. You kind of it, it, it washes away your what's going on, the noise in your head, and um, you can really enjoy yourself. Yeah, it certainly is, Adam. I just think even even in COVID, mate, they put a few restrictions on the water, and they allowed uh, fishing vessels to go on there. So, sea do in their range. Like I've got what they call the GTX 300, but they've got a fish pro range, and they actually can fish on the back. So I took one of those out and. Uh, didn't break any rules because the city can yeah. go fishing, but I was on the back of a jet ski, so it's quite amazing <laughs> how, to see how many, how many did when you're out there, the you can see how fast these jet skis go, but you can actually fish off them. Mate, Spud, we had uh, Brad Parker and Lockie Croker on earlier, a couple of the Manly boys, uh, really impressive. Um, obviously, we've got the, the Brookvale Oval or Four Points Park now, just in the background here um, from the Sea-Doo uh, where, uh, the showroom. Uh, how do you think they're going to shape up this year? Geez, they were, they were strong in the back half of last year, and as a former player, you'd have to expect uh, they'll be up in that top four again uh, next year. Yeah, they were superb at the back end of the year, weren't they, Finchie? But the start of the year is the most important these days. They were none from four. I think Desi uh, rallied the troops and did a fantastic job. But there was uh, just some other guys stood up and, and, and be, be counted. We're sure we, we see the best out of Tom Travojevic. But I think uh, Jake's game went to a new dimension. I think uh, Sean Kepi was a standout. Um, Josh Schuster... Mate, he's, I think he's a, a born 5'8 myself. That game he played against Parramatta and just carved them up. Um, but he'll get his chance there as, as the game goes on. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Desi can do. Um, as you can see also in the background, whether, where the other is, they're going to have a, uh, a centre of excellence there. And that's yeah. going to be an unbelievable place for them to train and, and get a lot of... Because they, they've been out in Narrabeen for bloody five, six years. Mm. So, in uh, demandables. So that's Desi, mate. He likes to play on the back foot. Likes to feel sorry for himself. Um, that's Desi has it to a T. Hey, hey, you, yeah, one of your great teammates, Desi. Speaking to the boys, and, and a lot different in my day, that they're sober as a judge on a, on a Saturday morning. They've got, they got pre-season coming up in a week <laughs> or two time, and they're nervous, you know, like the, the, the fear yeah. of God Des has put in. What was Des like? Obviously, he's the coach now. He's going to hammer him, but, you know, he's been known as a, a fitness freak. What was he like as a player in the pre-season well, when you guys were playing? Yeah, well, Finchie, when I got the Manly, I remember I walked in and those that wanted people would be big. So I remember I was 118 kilo. I had the mobility of an ocean liner. I couldn't move. He said, you're training with Desi Hasler. I said, who? The Des? Anyway, I had to get down to 108 kilo. And I only trained with Desi. And all we did was chins, dips, push-ups. That's all we did. No more no more heavy weights. And I I, I used different sayings at my gym at Spuds down to Desi Hasler's because Desi taught me so much about training. And about this one, you do a push-up, make sure you're low enough, are low enough. Just little basics, but in life, but our game of rugby league is basic. If you don't drop the ball, you don't miss a tackle, guess what? You end up winning the game. Yeah. So Desi doesn't overcomplicate things. He has a bit of a laugh with the boys. Um, you know, he's a cranky professor. I love his antics. I absolutely love his antics. 
Um, and I just think he's a great piece uh, for our game of rugby league. Spud, we'll leave it there, mate. We've got to get to a bit of news, but uh, thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning from your palace. Are you going out today on the CD, Spud? 100% at 5 o'clock. I've got five <laughs> blokes booked up. We're going to Woi Woi. We're going to the, uh, the pub up there. They have two beers and then come back, jump some waves. But anyone out there, if you, if you want the best ski on the water, go, to, go and see them at Brookvale. They're the best. You'll see every range there and, uh, and come and join me on the water. Outstanding, yeah, uh, Spud, down here at Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am. Uh, Spud, have a good Saturday, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Mowers Club. Thanks, boys. See ya. And we've got Matty White on the way uh, to talk a bit of Bathurst. And we've got a text here uh, from Rafa. Looking forward to seeing some uh, panodrama action on the mountain this weekend. Enjoying the show. Thank you, Rafa. Yeah, we'll talk a bit of cars in a moment. Finchie, yeah, before a lot, the news. Yeah, a lot of people with, who love their sport. You've got your leagueies. But, but the racing fraternity, that's a strong... You know, your Ford versus Holden. People oh, who yeah. just get their rescue. And they're, and they're watching racing all day from start to finish. Yep, and there's plenty of those. And we'll get the lowdown with Matty White, who I think is going to join us from the back of his ride-on mower on his property up there, the coast. Uh, back in a moment on the Mowers Club. Yeah, we're going to talk to the Gabba curator later in the show on the Mowers Club, the Saturday morning Mowers Club. But, Finchie, do you have lawn where you live? Not much lawn. A Not little, much? A little, a little lawn. Bit. Do you have to cut it? Or what do I you, don't. What do you do? A gentleman comes in and cuts it oh, for me. Oh, get someone else to <laughs> do it. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm lucky enough to have a bit of, uh, bit of grass front and back and love getting out there, especially now with the advent yes. of the mowers. I'm learning so I, much. I, I tell you what, there's no better... It's one of my favourite smells is freshly cut grass. I yeah. think it's fantastic. It's better than some of the smells that you were coming up well, with yesterday yeah, no, on drive, well, my and, goodness. Anything would be better than that yesterday, oh, wasn't it? Shish. Thank God masks are like easily attainable these days. Needed it yesterday. But none of that here today in this beautiful showroom down at uh, Beaches, Cedar and Can-Am. Uh, Brookvale, Pitwater Road, Brookvale, right opposite the Manly Leagues Club. So if you're in the area, come down and check it out. There's some wonderful machinery in this particular showroom. Now, joining us right now, I think he's just hopped off uh, some wonderful machinery up there. Uh, he's got a bit of property um, not far out of Sydney. Is Matty White, uh, host of Mornings uh, on SEN. And he's looking forward to Bathurst. He looks forward to doing all the work he needs to today before the top 10 shootout this Savo and plonk himself on the couch tomorrow for hours on end. Matty, good morning. How are you? Hello, boys. I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually... Not on my farming property, so the ride-on mower this morning is missing me. It's sitting up there in the shed all by its little lonesome self, wondering what the hell I'm, I'm going to do today, because normally my ride-on's my man. He's, he's my buddy for the weekend. Oh, so you're at the, the, the beach uh, beach property, are we? Are we mate? There's multiple properties. You own them all up the coast. Just a little shack in the back of Narrowena yeah, for Matty White. Just, no, a little, just a little eight-bedroom shack. You're at, yeah. Well, I'm not far from you, Finchie. I might come down and say good day. Just... I'm going to come looking for you this afternoon. <laughs> oh, dear. Whitey, what's your big... Um, seeing you spend a lot of time, you know, looking after your, uh, your outdoor areas. Yeah. What, what's your big tip? Give us a tip for the Mowers Club. Well, mate, I reckon, I reckon that if I did it by meterage, I would probably be up there this year with the metre mower leader um, in Australia because I've done more metres on my ride-on mower this year than I could ever have imagined. And the reason is I, um, I got this property earlier on this year, so it's a, it's a farming property, but um, I don't have a tractor, <laughs> right? Oh, and for a number of reasons, couldn't get hold of one. So I went down the road, I bought myself a Red Max ride-on, and the ride-on became my tractor. So I have quite literally cleared acres and acres and acres of paddocks that were up over your head on a ride-on mower. So my neighbours who've been looking at me, proper farmers, 
are going, who is this goose and why doesn't he get himself a tractor? <laughs> My wife tells me that the ride-on mower is going to grow up one day and become the tractor that I've always wanted it to be. But um, I, I don't know how many acres I've done. And when I first bought it, the little clock that tells you how many hours wasn't actually connected. Um, Finchie, you've done that with a few cars in your time. But yeah. I, I a little bit with so weekends th- out, Matty. So the speedo wasn't connected. So I probably missed the first, I don't know, 20 hours that I spent on it. Um, but I'm talking, boys, I'm talking, you know, um, paddocks with, with weeds and grass way up over your head and all sorts of stuff in there and rocks. I broke the spindle on it three times. Yeah. Uh, I've broken the belt on it twice. I've had to take the blades off it oh, probably four or five times and, and sharpen them back up. So I'm, in terms of metres gained, I reckon I'm the league leader. <laughs> in terms of um, how you actually should do it, I'm way down the bottom of the list. Sounds like you, you had to go in with a jungle cutter just to, 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 to wipe yeah. it away first and then find out what was there. Mate, um, Bathurst this weekend. So we've had the... the, the the qualifying, in a sense, yesterday <clears throat> to work out who's the top 10 shooter. This kid, Will Brown, um, yeah. burst onto the scene. He was, he was happy as Larry yesterday, uh, jumping around the garage, which you do when you get provisional pole. A bit more work to do before the race tomorrow. But tell us about this kid. He's, he's kind of burst onto the scene, has he not? Yeah, full, first uh, full-time season in supercars. He was on the podium, so he's, he's already sort of struck a blow this year. And to those around the sport, I mean, he's only 23 years old, I think, mate. But he's, you know, to those around the sport, he was always he was always coming. They always knew that he was going to be there. But what he did yesterday, that qualifying session is the most important session of the year. Top 10 shootout today is all for the glory and the check and and the show for the cameras and you know trying to put it together for one lap. But when you see the cars in qualifying, they're as fast as they're going to go around Mount Panorama, essentially. They're all tricked up. Everything is set for that qualifying session. So for him to walk away from that, whether or not he turns provisional pole into pole today doesn't really make a difference. He's made a huge statement. And I think it sort of reflects probably the new age of supercar driver. I mean, there isn't a driver up there who doesn't respect the mountain. And it it's kind of sounds a little bit dicky, but it's true. If you don't respect the mountain, then you'll get smashed by it. It's just a simple fact of that whole place. And yesterday, um, what Will did was he respected the mountain, but he went out there with no fear. And he actually said to his to his engineer, you know, I'm going to go balls out on this one. I'm going to dig deep. And you have to do that. Now, it's one thing to have a good car. It's one thing to know what you're doing up there and, and be on the right lines, et cetera, et cetera. But at some stage in that 2.13 kilometres, 6.13 kilometres of a lap, you're going to have to go balls out and you're going to have to take a really deep breath and go, if I don't push it here, I'm going to be a tenth off. Now, he did that all the way around. So an extraordinary performance, and he should be happy because he's kind of tamed it in the fastest session. He knows he's got a quick car. Um, He'll be there probably at the end of the day. Now it comes down to, sure, if he can do it today, he'll get the glory. But if he goes back out there tomorrow and the team can get it right, and Erebus know how to win a a Bathurst uh, race, they did it with Davey Reynolds in 2017, then he could well end up at the top of the tree tomorrow, but there's a long way between now and then. Matty, so from your point of view, you know, you've, you've been around a long time from Ironman to, to rugby league games, and run me through the preparation of a Bathurst, commentating a Bathurst 1000. Like it's, it must, you know, by the end of it, you must be absolutely physically and mentally drained. Run through the preparation, because it's, 
it's non-stop and it's all day. It's not 80 minutes, you know, they're not like they're going to yeah. be try scored or it's not going to be a video ref where we can have a breather, have a bite to eat, get a drink, you know. There's none of that for you. How's your preparation for it? Because it must be draining because it's such a, a, a big event. Yeah, well, for many years, Finchie, it was just myself and Crompo in, in the box. So it was just the two of us. And really, we'd only have the ad breaks off. Now, if you think throughout the course of an Ashes, of a Test match, you know, even back in State of Origin, when, when Big Darryl Eastlake and Ian Maurice were calling, they'd often switch halfway through a game. Whereas it was just myself and Cromley for, what, six and a half hours of racing. Now, that's just the race. So you start your day normally on a Sunday at about, we used to go on air at, say, 7 o'clock, I think it was, but we're already on air Friday. We're already on air all Saturday. And then you're there at the track at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning in the pitch black, and you hardly get any sleep. So you know it's going to be a long day, and you're normally on air for three hours before the actual race starts. So by the time you get to the race, you're kind of, you're kind of stuffed. <laughs> but the adrenaline kicks in, and it doesn't feel like six and a half hours. There, there are times throughout a Bathurst race and I can't tell you how many times Neil and I have sat there and their race might just be ambling along. Nothing's, nothing's really happening. And I, I can't remember what year it was, but especially one year, we both looked at each other at the same time. We're in an ad break and we went, this is about to kick off. It's about to kick off. You could just feel it. And all hell broke loose for the next couple of hours. And it was just amazing. The incredible thing is, and I was only telling somebody this the other day, I don't know if this is just me or my capacity to deal with things or how my mind works, but I can get to the end of a Bathurst racing commentary and call one, two, three across the line, been calling it all day, and go outside, for instance, you know, go to the go to the loo or whatever, and you could bump into me and go, hey, mate, I missed it. Who finished first? And I would seriously, don't, I, I just seriously sort of drop everything for about two minutes. And I'd, yeah. I'd probably look at it and go, mate, I can't remember. And it would have only just happened. So I think there's an enormous amount of adrenaline. leading and then you've got it. 100%. Mate, 100%. Like, it's a really weird thing. You'd stand there and you'd go, holy cow, I've just forgotten everything. But it was, I think it was my process of of then moving on to the next challenge, which is then hosting and continuing the afternoon. Hey, um, what about this weekend, mate? Uh, so it's, it's Win Cup's last. He, he'll probably co-drive, mm. but in terms of Win Cup being the main man in a certain car, this is his last because mm. he's retiring as a professional driver and he'll be the, he'll be the boss. He's going from the, the driver to the actual part owner of the oh. team and, and running yeah. the team as well, which is an interesting dynamic. He just missed out on this top ten. What does that do to his chances of finishing on top of the podium with he and um, Craig Lowndes, the, the other legend in that particular car, that, uh, that co-driving team. Yeah, they've, they've obviously still got a chance. I mean, you can win Bathurst like Chaz Mostert did from last. So you can quite literally start that race last and finish first six and a half, 161 laps later. So starting position, you know, by starting up the front, you've got more chance of staying out of trouble, especially on that first lap. By starting mid-pack, you've got more chance of being in the crap off the start. But Jamie's such a smart operator. They'll probably start Lounsey, I think, in the, in the car, um, and he'll just do the safe job and away you go. They'll be there at the end of the day. The worry is that they obviously don't have the pace that everybody else has got at the moment. So they'll go in search of that today in the cross-the-practice sessions. But, look, I find it really hard to go away from the pairing of Garth Tander and Shane Van Gisbergen. Um, yeah. I thought last year that they'd win, and they did. And I can't see any reason, aside from that a lot of the Triple Eight cars are off the pace at the moment. Um, but the best team make the best decisions and they'll find that. And the best drivers are in that car, in my opinion, car Triple Eight. Now it's normally 97, but 
Van Gisbergen is virtually untouchable at the moment, has been all season. And Garth knows Bathurst and knows how to win. And he won't be too far off the time and what uh, Shane is doing in the car as well. So I can't steer away. As much as Will Brown and the rest of them and, and the Brody Kostecki and, and the Shell V Power guys will have the pace, I'm still sticking with the guys who know how to do it tomorrow. And I, I'd be tipping Van Gisbergen and Tanda to go back to back. Matty, just, just quickly, with, with the driving, for a novice like me who obviously enjoys watching it but doesn't know the finer details, how do they split the laps? Who's driving? How many they do? It, does a certain driver have to do? Is there a certain amount they have to hit or target they have to hit? How, how, does, how does it all unfold? Yeah. One driver can't do more than two-thirds of the race, so there's a certain amount of laps. There's a minimum amount of laps that you can get your co-driver to do, mate, so that's what they'll do. Yeah. They'll work that out in shifts, and basically you want to you want to work it out so... A lot of them do what you'll hear tomorrow as a double stint. So normally they'd, they'd split up those shifts equally um, or as equal as they can and then have the main driver in there at the end, whereas sometimes it works out that the main driver will be there for the last 50 laps instead of the last 30 so or 60 laps. So I can't remember. I think Lounsey a few years ago ended up doing a whole bunch of laps that he didn't think. It was when he was paired with Mark Scaife and Scaife popped a rib early on and, and Lounsey had to do like a tremendous amount of work at the back end of the race. So it'll depend on how they fall, but the co-driver will do the minimum amount of laps that they can give him, and then they'll stick the main driver in either at the start, but definitely be there at the end, um, and away they go. Finchie, have you ever been in a, in a supercar for a hot lap? Yeah, I have. I was telling the boys the other day, yeah. when, when John Bauer was in the Aussie Mail Racing, it was the GMC yeah. in Canberra around 2002, I jumped yeah. in with him. Um, it was amazing, and that was the street circuit of Canberra where, obviously, you're not reaching the speed you would at Bathurst. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that race. And it's I'm, I'm glad that you did it on a street circuit because it's probably scarier because you yeah. can see all the concrete barriers <laughs> exactly. closer. But it's, it's a terrible working environment, the supercar. I always say, when you're trying to get in the thing alone, um, I always say, think of this, put a helmet on, go and stand out the front of your house, run full speed at your letterbox and try and dive into it head first. That's yeah. what it's like trying to get into a supercar. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I'll try it when I get home. <laughs> Matty White, Don't try that at home. We've got to leave it there, mate. But enjoy the race tomorrow. And uh, whenever you're cutting grass next, enjoy cutting grass. And uh, up in the ride on there at the, the property. And uh, we'll catch you soon, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Mowers Club. Good on you, boys. Matt White, uh, you can catch him every morning on SEN, every weekday morning on SEN. You'll be all over the Big Bash as well. And, uh, yeah, the summer of sport coming your way on SEN 1170. Here's a break. Back in a moment. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Finchy, a staple of the Mowers Club mm. each and every week. It's used almost like just going to a... A psychology session and just laying out on the couch, couch to just get it all out there. Here it comes. Well, usually with it's my time for. Session. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. Well, usually mine by the time I finish, I've got the white cat on and the doctor's on the couch. <laughs> I've turned him the other way. Um, mine's my missus. She, she's. What she's really a wonderful woman. She is wonderful. Who puts and, up with a and lot. And I'm a terrible man, but one, one of her faults is. If she's up, everyone's got to be up. Now, yeah. a lot of the times I'm first up. You know what I mean. But but if I have if I do work late, are you an early riser? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. When I'm when I'm living the clean life, which I have yeah. been the last no, you do well. um, I'm up early. I go to bed early. Okay. Um, and I get up early. So I'll I'll get the, the bob up. Mackenzie will go for a walk down the park. I'll go for a swim in the morning if the weather's good. 
Um, you know, so I might get back at 7.30 and, and yeah. say, give the missus a sleep in. But my missus has got a tendency, if she, she's up, everyone's up now. She, she's from Melbourne. And when the borders opened, she finally got back to see mm. her family. So she took Mackenzie down there to stay with her brother. I was getting FaceTimes at quarter past six. Now I'm thinking, I could get a bit of a sleep in. <laughs> Ellie would FaceTime me. Why are you Because she's up. But you're in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney. I don't need to be up. If, but Ellie's, if Ellie's up, everyone's got to be up. Well, do you know what's going to happen now? Ellie might be listening to this as she's taking Mackenzie up to a park here yeah, on the Northern Beaches. I could, Beaches. Be, getting the, down I could here. be getting the bus all the way back You home. are getting public transport. <laughs> or maybe you're going to have to nick one of these sea yeah. and just go around the long way. I'll do spuds go. I might have to join him up at Wee Wee for a couple of years and make me way back down to uh, the south. Hey, I've got a yeah, nah. South Australia's COVID chiefs will consider an emergency borders crackdown with New South Wales and Victoria over fears about Omicron nah. as the state records its first mysterious local case in 19. Guys, guys, like we're a year, yeah. year and a half into this thing. We're all got vaccinated. Let's just kind of make Australia one again, huh? Yeah, it can't be on the ho- over the holidays again. You know, this, it's, it's just, mate, the pulp joint will just go nuts. I'm going on a little sojourn down with the kids and yeah. the wife down to the south coast for five days. That's all yeah. I want, five days. Just give me five. Had it called off last year, had yeah. it called off mid-year. I'm going to go and lock myself in my room <laughs> for a week beforehand. I've done that before. To ensure, <laughs> to ensure that nothing bad can happen. Well, yeah, eventually we can't just keep locking them down, can we? But Obviously, there's people in higher places paid to make those decisions. Monumental year now for that lot. Back in a yeah. moment to wrap up the second hour down here at Beaches, Cedar and Can-Am on the Mowers Club. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, Adam Peacock and Brett Finch this morning. And we're at Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am down here on Pitwater Road, Brookvale. And a, uh, a local, he's just come over the hill from DY over there, from NRL.com. Zach Bailey, how are you, bud? I'm well, Adam. How are you? I'm very good. <laughs> we set ourselves up here at this mm. desk at the front of the uh, this magnificent showroom here at um, Beaches, Sea-Doo. But we're at a desk and... Zach is facing myself and Finchie, and Zach, he's taken up... I, I reckon he looks like the, the principal. I'm the parent, I, and no, guess I, who's in trouble? Am I not the parent? <laughs> I don't think so, Brett. What has he done this time? <laughs> what has he done this time? What can you imagine, Principal Bailey? What do you, what do you reckon he might have got up to? Not Brett Finch no. again. <laughs> Saturday morning, what was he doing on Friday night? Well, mate, the thing that I'm hearing on a Saturday morning is a good... That's probably why I'm in here. I can't believe he's here on a Saturday morning. When I, I was asked to come on I, and they said Brett Finch would be here, I said, surely no he's going to do a no-show. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or is he catching no, a cab from the He is more reliable than Nick Davis, let me tell you right now. Hey, uh, you've, you're here resplendent in a mowing shirt. It's, it's great to see the Mowers Club, thanks to uh, Toro Mowers. Um, Oshay Ole's mowing. <laughs> this is this is in reference to when Manly wanted him early. West Tigers wouldn't let him go, and I think it was the West Tigers said, "Well, he can go and mow lawns for a year," or, or yep. he said that, "Oh, I'll just sit out and mow lawns." What was the story yeah, again? Their uh, chairman Lee Haji Pantelis said, "Well, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's got one year to run on his contract. Uh, he can wear his team colours and mow the lawns here while the boys train, which was great." But then, obviously, in Five minutes later, yeah, he was released to Manly. Manly. So. But, and then, obviously, uh, during the Dally M's, mm. the great uh, Peter Volandis, mm. the ARLC chairman, uh, 
It was a tough gig, lights in his face, trying to read the auto cue, read the vote. The auto cue, didn't it go, the, the names was, because uh, usually, two as lines. you know, yeah. one from, one, you know, usually the full names together. It, uh, yeah. it was broken over two lines, and if you're a gun like Adam Peacock and yourself, Finch, well, you're you know, used to it. If you know anything about rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing was, was the player beforehand, I think it was, you know, two votes yeah. or whatever, was Hamoli Olakawatu. And Absolutely and, nailed and, it. And, 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 and Viliami Kikau, he got nailed that as and well. And it was you the Kikau. Viliami Kikau. The thing was that the J- someone put a space between Josh's, in his first name, Jay and Osh. Mm. So there was Jay on one line, and then on the second line, it just said Osh LOA. So he's just looked at and fair enough, too. You look at it and you go, oh my goodness. And there's nothing worse. Yeah. There is nothing worse than you're reading an auto cue, and you look <laughs> at it, and someone's like been tapping with boxing yeah. gloves or whatever like that, and there's just a mess. And you go, oh crikey. Yeah. Oh no, this is just, oh, I'm going to hit the pavement hard with my face here. And yeah, generally speaking, but it does happen. It's so. a moment that like, I'm wearing this shirt. So League T's down in Melbourne, they do a lot of great. Mm. Shirts have got a rugby league shirt. They do a lot of stuff with the AFL and whatnot. They don't miss, do they? No, a great family. These shirts were available like a day or two yeah. later. Like it's good. It's great. We get away with nothing in this game. Like no. it is like the the. But you get excused for it pretty easily, and that's the good well, thing about well, rugby we're league. Very isn't it? We're very forgiving. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? I don't know. Just look. At, very hey, forgiving, unlike my missus. He's not fighting uh, LOA because no. of the situation with COVID. So how much drinking that cost him? Plenty. Paul Gallen's now fighting Darcy Lussie. Yeah. Um, I've been training with Darcy down at a local gym. Not boxing. Just <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Cardio. But, uh, <laughs> That's why you're here. He's come back from the UK. He's doing a building apprenticeship. But he's trekking from Palm Beach down to the Sutherland Shire most afternoons to box and train. Well, yes. It's a big ask. And to then j- jump yeah, in the ring There's a boxing gym up at Warrywood for him. I could let him know about it. But the guys that trained him ahead of the Justin Hodges fight are down yeah. south and he wants to be loyal and he loves his trainer. But it's a big ask a couple of weeks out to jump in with mm. Paul Gallen. He needs a sea do. He needs to just yeah. go around the Straight easy way. Pl- get down there in 35 the minutes. Um, knowing, watching Darcy's early fights and not knowing anything about boxing, so I certainly could be talking out, um, talking absolute fluff here, but is, it, is he going to be dangerous for Gal then first couple of rounds? You know, you'd think the longer the fight goes, the, the, obviously Gal's superior fitness should take over, but is it, is it a dangerous first couple of rounds for Gal? Well, it's only three two-minute rounds. Oh, so that's it? Yeah, that's oh, it. So so the last... It can go, what, six minutes tops, which is, I guess, why Darcy signed on. Yeah. Because Gal is... There must be plenty Gal's of money. Gal's one of those robots. You just wind him up and he'll keep yeah. just going forward and he'll keep working. Oh, mate, he's whereas, as tough as they come, Gal. They know. Like, Gal's, Gal knows what's coming his way. Darcy mm. will just walk straight to him and try and land a, a, a killer yeah. punch straight away. And he, he'll, he'll try for him. But um, Darcy's big body and got a bigger reach and he's taller. And mm. But I, I don't know. Gal's just that, that fighter that... I mean, you've played footy with him and yeah. against him, Finchie. Like, he just doesn't stop, does he? No, and I think, you know, listening and, and reading about Gal from more reports of boxing, he, he's a very good bo- Like, he's probably the best. He's not a footy player boxing. He's, he's got, you know, uh, a bit of technique. He's about now on a, a yeah, boxer. He's yeah, not a you know, he's done footy s- player. He's so he, he'll a have, a, you know, on top of being one of the toughest hombres you've come across, he's going to have a game plan as well. And like you said, he, you know, in the boxing game, he's probably going to be aware that Darcy's going to come out early. If, and if he can manage that, you know, I, I think Gal should get the, the chocolates. Now, Zach, you're an MC gun for hire. Um, <laughs> you love getting behind the mic and hyping the crowd. You were out at uh, the Penny Panthers parade. Yeah. Uh, how was that it was, experience? It was really good. Uh, I hadn't done a gig so what, just, since before. Just jumping on the premiers. Just look, just... Well, I was, do- I, I was doing Parramatta and 
Penrith, and it wasn't a bad bad year for both teams. Yeah. But the worst thing was I was stuck in Sydney when the comp went up north. Mm. And I've been doing it the last couple of years with Penrith, the ground announcing, and, and love it. And they haven't lost a game at home. So I don't Is that know. Because what, since you've well, jumped on board, I don't know. You can make that Let's assumption. Do the math, yep. I, I like that, Finchy. But um, and, and they were getting capacity crowds with our small crowds, and it was it was so weird watching it from mm. the couch. Like, I'm a manly boy, like you, Adam, and I, I've grown up watching Cliffy and Beaver and Twos on the hill down here, and that's where I fell in yeah. love with the game. But watching those semi-finals. You know, the game against the Storm, to me, felt like a grand final in that prelim when they beat them. And then the grand final was just a weird feeling. It's like, because yeah. normally in Sydney it'd be buzzing and I would have been, you know, at a fan day in the lead up or the next day. But in, t- in terms of that day, 10,000 people turned out. The, the club was hoping for a number like that, but you, ne- you never know. And mm. the players were genuinely blown away. Yeah. Like, genuine, and they were so passionate. Like, uh, the, uh, they played the the grand final on the big screen before the players rocked up mm. and they did the, the players did the open air bus down the main street but when Stephen Crichton took that intercept yeah. the, the crowd erupted Again. like so it was happening there and I was, it was just one of those really special feelings was yeah. James Fisher-Harris by the way out like is he finally got changed he's got the tape off and he's got yeah, out of his he, number he, 10 jersey he, well, he was changed <laughs> he was changed he, he was. showered yeah, one, of good. The, one of the special things like Kurt Capewell who signed with the Broncos yeah and I know he's got some extra time off, but he flew down just for that. And he, he can't well, get back into Queensland to December, till, what, December 17. Oh, really? Purely just for that to be part of that. He said, I wasn't going to miss it for the world. No, and, wow. nor, and nor should he. Mate, Kurt Capewell, he, he's a vital link. You watch Kurt, the amount of work he does off the ball and loose balls he dies on leading the kick chase. Yep. Uh, he was superb for Penrith. Um, and and that's a once-in-a-lifetime, mm. you know, thing to experience. One thing about Penrith is it, it's... Now, this is certainly not a criticism, but they've won three premierships. When you think about the talent in, in that Penrith catchment area, the pen, like how dominant they are at junior level for, for years, you know, you'd you think without knowing, you'd, just, you'd think they would have won more. You'd think they'd get a couple out of their current generation. Yeah, but now, but so when you think about it, obviously it's, it's been that sort of 91, 2003, you know, 2020, so 2021. So it's, it's been a bit of a gap between. Um, each premiership. So, um, for for such a rich history of, of junior development, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would have thought they probably won more. But certainly with this crop, they're going to be certainly challenging premierships for the next five to well, ten years. You think? But this is where the cap management comes mm. in. So how do they keep what they need to win comps? And they've they've like, no, they'd love well, to num- keep a guy like Epicorus. Si- the number seven sign. Well, he's is, there. If you well, well have you got him? I think you got a fighting chance. But they've got Apicorus out, and they've gone. Oh, you know what? We we can't kind of give him the wedge that he's going to get from West Tigers. He joins West Tigers in 2023. I don't know if an early release is on the cards. You spoke yesterday on Drive about Mitch Kenny coming in for him, but mm. that's going to be the trick for the Panthers, especially in the next three or four years when they're going to have success and a player who's on 250 wants 400 and they've mm. got to work out how we're going to balance this. Yeah, well, as you said, Finchie, like the juniors coming through is what has made them mm. successful in recent years and Gus has plan turned into a 10-year plan, mm. not a five-year plan. But they were successful still, still, in the lead-up, right? And Ivan Cleary, yeah. it's a great story, them coming back. I spoke to the Panthers' GM of footy this morning, Matt Cameron. And he, he knew... Camo, he's been highly a part of it. I, I dealt with Camo at um, Parramatta. He's been a big part of this development as well, Matt Massively. Cameron. And I, I said to him, I said, mate, just, you know, don't duck and weave. What, what, why is he not there? And it, it does come down to dollar and cents with Appy. And he said... The squeeze of them being successful, him being in Blues camp, and, you know, there might have been a clause in there that he gets an extra 25 on his contract or whatever. Mm. But when you've got seven players 
that are in that instance with the Panthers, like they've never been more represent, represented in the Origin Arena than mm. this year, then you've got to make those calls. Mm. We've got what we, they needed to out of Viliami Kikau. He's been great for them. But the Bulldogs blew, blew them out of the water. But the, the diamond does in the back rowers. They'll find someone else out there. Do you know what? On that, or, I just thought of something. Tell me if this is a stupid idea. I reckon it's unfair that the club has to pay... Like, I, I get that there's clauses in contracts for playing Origin, but I reckon it's unfair that the club gets whack with that. There should be a, a, a cap on what they get as a bonus inside their contract for paying it. The club still pays it, but it doesn't go against the salary cap because yeah. they're getting fried a bit for producing players well, of quality. The Broncos have dealt with it for years. This is the challenge they face. You know, the funny thing is t- t- your fans and clubs can whinge about it, like, but you'd rather be in this position because if you don't have the origin players, you're not winning a comp, you know what I mean? So, exactly. You know, the, the, good, the, the bottom teams don't have to worry about this, but they're not going to worry about winning premierships either. So it's a good headache to have. Yeah, just back to... Adam Cameron. mentioned yep. uh, whether he'll be getting an early release. No, no way. No Absolutely chance. no way. He said the, the Matt Burton story last year was that he was going to go to the Bulldogs potentially early. And Panthers, no chance. They drew a line in the Let's sand and they said, no, no, no way, no way, no way, no way. He's the best centre in the game by the end of the well, season. And he started, what, as a fo- backup oh, five, eight, yeah. half. Um, and they said <laughs> there's, there's no way. The Bulldogs haven't asked in the kick scenario for him to come early. And the yeah. West Tigers haven't asked for no. Abby to come early. So there's, there's no way that those two players, this is, again, literally off the phone from Matty Cameron before I jumped on air. He said there's no way they're leaving. In terms of some hookers coming through, they've got Mitch Kenny. Yep. They want to give him first dibs. He's a great young kid coming through. Uh, he played 18 games this year, was on the verge of the, you know, that, that grand final mm-hmm. squad. They've got some other young kids coming through, Connor Mason, Nephi Puru, and Riley Smith, who's also the gun cricketer who's playing under-18s with the Aussie side or under-19s at the moment. Oh, so wow. they've got a couple of guys coming through, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. They're not at the Appy Coruscant yeah. top two hookers in the uh-huh. state level. Yeah, but this is where the balancing the cap is. Look at Mitch Kenny. He, he played, he, he'd be on half the money. Mm. Appy is. Yeah. Now, obviously, Appy's a better player, but you still get the production for value for money. And he played 18 games, and they would have won, what, 17 yeah. of them? 16? So he, he, when Appy wasn't there last year, they didn't miss a beat. So this is where they've got to balance it. They've lost Burton. Momorowski's gone. They've got to free up some caps maybe in the Capel, next... Yeah. To, to, to buy another back... Well, Viliami's going to go. Capewell's gone. So there's two centres and two back rollers gone over the next couple of years. So they're going to have to buy some players. So you've got to free it up. So that's where it's really important to, to go, well, you know what? They would love to keep Appy. Appy's an origin player. Yeah. But if we can get high quality out of Mitch Kenny or some juniors coming through for, you know, half the price, that's balancing the cap. What about an early release for, say, someone down in Melbourne who is Maybe actually not, not just released but put into a, one of those aircraft carrier cannons yeah. and fired from Port Mate. Phillip Bay up to Bondi after a mushroom cloud forms when Craig Bellamy meets with Brandon Smith? Can you see Brandon Smith getting an early release? This is going to be very interesting. Well, he's due back at training this week, I think. <laughs> I, I would love... I want to be there. I'd love to have a camera there and just see... <laughs> I, I, want it. On the I actually wouldn't. I'm nervous for him. <laughs> yeah, well... Too bad. Bad luck for Brandon. I'm lucky. Pull your head in. But he said he's, you know, he's honest. He'll wear his heart on his sleeve always. But will he when he sees... Yeah, but, mate, that's, that's a, it's a bullshit line. That's what I do. It's honesty. Mate, you're wrong. So to say, yeah, but... But that's who I am. No, you, you're wrong. You disrespect the club. Mate, let's not forget, and I love Brandon. Brandon's a terrific fella. Let's not forget, mate, he's played his last couple. This is the only year he's been a starter. So he's not a seasoned vet down there. You know, like, 
there's, there's unwritten rules in sport where, you know, you've got to go face your teammates. Now, if you've said you want to win a competition in that jumper, like that's get back there, work hard. Um, you know, there's some things in footy you don't do, and he, I thought he missed the mark on him. And just, uh, you can't say, well, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm always, that's how I talk. No, you've got to say you're wrong and you're wrong. Yeah, 100%. Um, but in terms of... Maybe, him- maybe the Kenner might go to uh, the Sunshine Coast. Falcons. That's <laughs> might not shoot, might shoot a release. Might shoot into reserve grade for oh, an offseason. Wouldn't, wouldn't he love that? But for that to happen, it's not Adam. I know, I know you're mad football yeah. in terms of round ball game. If you wanted, if the if the Roosters really wanted Brandon Smith and it was football world, Robbo and Bellier could be. It all come down to a transfer fee or, yeah. transfer fee. or whatever. Player right? swap. Absolutely. And it would. You'd be on the phone on Monday morning. The deal will be done by Monday lunch. How much yeah. do you want? We'll give it to you. But that's a completely different world. Mm. For, th- for that p- to potentially happen, you'd need, okay, so he's going to end up at the Roosters, so what, Sam Verrills might have to go yeah. to the Eels, and yeah. then you've got the Eels have to let Reed Marnie go. So there's too many dominoes, well, they're the dominoes that would essentially have to fall. You've got so many parties and managers involved, and there's no, tra- you know, like in mm. the NBA or whatever, you get a couple of draft picks. Well, they could do well. a Verrills to, to Storm for a year. Like they did like, with Tavita uh, Pangai, kind of, or he used could. Penrith as a transplant. But they might want, well, we don't want Verrills because we've got Harry Grant. We want a back rower. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. we're actually, we're short in the set. Like it's, and, and the thing for that, I think if, if it wasn't the situation with Kamakamitha, and who was there? Someone back from injury, uh, uh, Nelson Sova Solomona with the vaccination issue, mm. they might have let him go, but. I think a bit like Sticky. When Sticky had the fallout with George, George Williams wanted to play the season. He just wanted to release it at the end of the season. Stick, stubborn, dug his heels and said, you can go now. Guess what their Achilles heels was at the end of the year why they didn't make the finals? Okay. No half that. <laughs> so bellyache, well, the, you want to give him a kick up the bum. Yeah. He, I think he realised, well, let's not you know, bite off our nose despite our face. Let's keep him here because we might need him at the end of the year. Exactly. One, one thing I will say, there's been a lot of talk about all these players signing now for mm. 2023 and then playing for, you know, say, like, Lappy for the Panthers and then the Tigers and kick out with the Bulldogs. I believe there's a, the NRL set up a committee to, to talk at length about transfer windows moving forward. Yeah. So it's, there'd be one at the back end of the year like now mm. and then one around the origin period. But again, they're, they're not rich clubs where they can just have mm. transfer fees and whatnot yeah, and salary it's, cap. It's tricky. Plus, right. in 2023, the player market will be smaller because you bring the Dolphins in if you want to get an 18th team in, in future well, that's years. That's the thing. It's that of players. Mm. It's, and also, speaking to Matty Cameron this morning, the financial year in the National Rugby League goes from November 1 yep. to October 31. So he said if, if they were to release Kikau tomorrow and Abby tomorrow, they've already paid two months of their yeah. salary and they've trained one day yeah. or two days this week. Yeah. So he's like... Well, we're paid two twelfths of this. It makes no, no sense. sense. Yeah. Mm. The T- Tavita Pangai Junior stuff later in the year, 100%. You might see a little bit of movement before August 1. Yeah. He, he said it'd be madness for let, to let them go. Basically, they've sat back for two months, got paid. And, 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 you're, right, and you're right. Sorry, mate. You're, I was just saying you're exactly right. They, they, there's no point in them. They've sat on the beach. Yeah. And was rightly so. But you, why get rid of them when you've paid? And, when, exactly. and the two payments would be what? We're talking a lot of money, like 80, 90 grand a month. You'd probably know, you'd know well, you buy the Turbo RR. Well, well, mine was 80, 90,000 rupiah. There's is Australian dollars, so it's a bit different. Hey, uh, Zach, we've got to let you go, mate. Time's got us, but thanks for dropping by. And uh, What's on yeah. today? You got much on? This is the highlight of my day, gents. No, well, no, you'd be down at the I don't want to see you back. I don't want to see you yeah. back in the principal's office you're gonna, anytime you're soon. You're going to ask me back <laughs> over the bridge. Get him out of the northern beaches. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Zach Bailey from NRL.com. Off to a break. Tristan Melhan on the other side of this on the Mowers Club. 
This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, you're with the Mowers Club uh, down here at Beaches Sea Do in Brookvale. Magnificent show, showroom. Come and check them out here at uh, Pittwater Road, Brookvale, just a stone's throw from Four Pines Park, which has been redone with the Centre of Excellence. Des wouldn't be too happy with the Centre of Excellence tag. He'd want the Centre of Mediocrity just to fly yeah, under the radar still. It's, it's too... Uh... It's too good. Yes. Yeah. You want the old school. Good. He just wants old school. Tristan Merlihan is joining us again from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. Download the Top Sport app today and, of course, gamble responsibly. And, Tristan, we, uh, we didn't touch on Bathurst too much earlier when we had you on. Now, you're a, you're a sponsor up there. So you, are you half hoping in a way that you've got those sponsorship signs there that maybe a, a car has a bit of an issue and, and gives you great exposure just by hammering straight through it and smashing it to smithereens? Yeah, we're actually having a chat about that in the office, boys, this morning. But um, I wouldn't wish that on any of the drivers, of course. But I was uh, did watch the uh, the highlights this morning. I mean, uh, when uh, Mr. Winkup ran out of fuel, so maybe running out of fuel might be the uh, right, <laughs> right next, next to, to the uh, next to the sign. Yeah, that might that might not be the uh, the worst bit. But no, it's good. We're really excited to be on board with. Um, crew have been working really hard getting a stack of markets up, and uh, yeah, it's one of the biggest events in Australian sport for the year. So excited to be part of it. Well, tell us the the main market, mate. Who wins according to the market? Yeah, well, the market has uh, Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander four dollar twenty favourite. They've been pretty uh, pretty much the same price virtually all through betting. There's been a bit of movement away from them though. The biggest mover and shaker in the market's been uh, Chas Mostard and, and Lee Holdsworth. They're five dollars fifty. They've been very very well supported. Uh, Cameron Waters and James Moffat seven dollars. Di Pasquale and Alberto eight dollars. And Will Brown and Jack Perkins eleven. Wing Cup and Lounge. They were. The, I think they were five fifty earlier in the week. They're out to thirteen dollars. The Davidson oh. Geo at fifteen. But the one that I sort of feel is a little bit of value is um, Brody Kostecki and David Russell at seventeen dollars. I think that might be worth a little spec at the at the price. And then we've also got a stack of other markets. They're all going back up after practice. But we'll have head to head options. We'll have um, finishing positions, top five, top three, podium, all these sort of things. So. Um, yeah, exciting. And, and the other market that's creating a bit of interest is we've got the winning time for the race, and it's uh, 6 oh. hours and 16 mi- minutes if it goes before or after that. So that's creating plenty of activity. That's a dollar well, That's the unders-overs. Oh, oh nice. the unders-overs. That's six hours of torture. Well, going to that to see if you get it. I tell you what, $13 for a couple of old champions and never knock champions lounge in and wink up a uh, bit of value there. Mate, the big bash starts obviously tomorrow. The Stars and the Sixers, my game, the Sixers, what are they paying and what are they looking like to go back to back to back at this year in the Big Bash? Yeah, they've been well supported the last 24 hours. It was $1.82 yesterday. They're now $1.73 and 207 I think it was after you guys called them the underachievers. They've just moved from $2 yes. to 207 Yes, we moved the noodle here. We moved the noodle. But they are, yeah, they have been well back to Sixers. We're going to have over 200 markets up for literally every game. Uh, the Thunder and the Heat's the next game, $1.82, that one. But if you're a cricket fan, the boys, I'm, I'm actually trying to get my head around all of the markets they've got up here because it's... Uh, blowing my mind a little bit. We've got, for every team, we've got about 50 markets up for every team, including the tournament economy rate for, for a couple of the bowlers, like looking at the sixes side. Curran, you've got over 8.3 or under 8.3. You've got the number of fours for, for Vince there, 35 and a half. So if you're a cricket fan and you want to have a wager responsibly on the event, jump, jump onto the website because... I don't know where they've pulled these prices from. I'm not 100% sure all of them are correct either. So there might be a bit of value to be found. What about some of your traders? Their head would have exploded mm. with all the research that they had to do with that. That is... Um, you're running a factory there. Mm. You're not running a, a 
betting agency. You're running a factory for these poor guys. No, it's unreal. Well, the, big, the, the, big the choice on top sport is, is fantastic and wide-ranging. Hey, uh, football this weekend, bit of A-League, bit of Premier League. There's um, some, some good games uh, that we're waiting to see the outcome of. Yeah, the A-League kicks off again. We've got the Raw and Adelaide United uh, on tonight. So uh, the Raw obviously struggled so far this season. They're $2.28 favourites at home. Adelaide United, 3.05, and the draw, 3.50. Melbourne City with their star-studded line-up are $1.32 favourites, $5 a draw, and $9 Western United. They are the games tonight. In addition to the to the big big rivalry down in uh, down your way as well, Sydney FC, $1.65, Newcastle Jets, 4.80, and the draw, 4.10. You got any anything that stands out there, Adam? I know I know you and Nick are equally on par with your A League sort of uh, knowledge, but I'll, I'll obviously uh, get you to comment this week since he's absent. Uh, I'll go draw Newcastle Sydney at that four ten. That's juice, juice Bigelow. That is. Mm. Well, if Take Adam that. likes that, so does the pitch man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tristan, we've got a, we've got a bow, mate. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. Um, and yeah, well done with the sponsorship up at Bathurst. Look forward to seeing the signs up there, mate. And um, have a good weekend. Sounds good. Talk next week, guys. Tristan Mellahan from topsport.com.au. We didn't do the stupid multi this week. We didn't um, get your, your thoughts. Mm. Usually Nick puts a stupid multi on. We'll give that a, a week's rest, but we'll come <laughs> back with it next time we're on. We're off to a quick break. We're going to get to the Gabba soon. We've got the curator of the Gabba, uh, David Sandersky, joining us after the break on the Mowers Club. Yeah, we're back with the Mowers Club, and we're live from Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am down here on uh, Pittwater Road. Brookvale, and joining us now on the Mowers Club, thanks to Toro Mowers, is the curator of the Gabba. He's the most, I wouldn't say under pressure, but he'll have a bit of attention over the next week in terms of horticulture, and I don't think there's anyone in Australia more focused on in terms of what kind of pitch we're going to get at the Gabba for the first test, and uh, hey, it's right in the wheelhouse of the Mowers Club. So Dave Sandersky joins us right now, mate. um, Thank you for joining us. How's your last week been, mate? Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, last week's been pretty hectic, I suppose. I've been checking the forecast non-stop and, yeah, just keeping an eye on the weather the whole time, just trying to decide when to start this wicket. Yeah, I, I, like, I like playing my golf, for instance. So I'm across my weather app. Uh, you know, I check it occasionally and, oh, do I need to take the, the, the umbrella to the kids' sport or whatever? I can't imagine that you go, I don't know, what, an hour without looking at what's happening with the conditions and the radar? Because how important is it to try and get a wicket cherry ripe for day one of a test match that's going to be viewed by millions around the world? Yeah, no, it's very important to get that right. And that's the hardest thing because in our industry, making wickets, the biggest thing is actually getting that forecast right. So we rely on the forecast heavily as to when we start the wicket. So if you start a wicket too early, you can overcook it. But if you start it too late, you can end up with nothing at all. Yeah, tell us more about that. Like, I love my cricket. But in terms of you're just talking about then when to start the wicket, what, what's that process involving? And, and what are the different outcomes in terms of if, if you don't get it right? You know, I suppose so. when you start a wicket, you need the profile full of water. So the depth of the black soil is about 250 mil deep. So you want that 100% full of water before you start it so it can survive, you know, the five days of a test match basically without water. So to normally to do that, then we'll start it, we can say about if you get good weather, that's sort of four or five days out the final phase of the rolling of a wicket. Um, and then when the weather comes into play, you have to, you know, alter that start time to whether you go out, you know, five or six days out. So that's a big one. We rely heavily on that forecast to decide when we're going to start it. So... 
tell us about the, the, the rolling process. So you need a, a break in the weather. It can't just hose down and expect to have a wicket ready for a test match. You, you, you need a couple of days' grace to, to get it prepped to a certain point. No, exactly right. So if we had, you know, two days straight of rain where you couldn't even get the cover off, you wouldn't even be able to get a wicket up. You'd have to obviously start one a lot earlier and it'd be overdone by then. So, yeah, you probably need, like, this is Brisbane conditions, say, like you probably need four days where you get, say, two-thirds of the day where you get a good crack at it um, to get something decent up. But obviously, you know, four or five good days makes it a lot easier. How does it go to, obviously, the Gabba that the Aussies have had a tremendous amount of success there. Obviously, the, the, I think did we say Adam India. We lost India last yeah. series was the first time in, in 30, 30 years. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and we've always had so much success up there. Do you feel, or is in your preparations, are you thought to to the benefit the Aussie sides, or what we prefer to play and uh, under those sort of conditions? Um, not really. I think the, you just prepare the wicket the same. The Gabba has been prepared all the time. I think the advantage of the Gabba is obviously. It's similar to Perth. It's got a bit more bounce than some of the other wickets around the country. And a lot of the visiting teams, when they get off the plane and play here first, it takes them a while to get acclimatised, that bounce. And that's yep. probably something that helped suit India last year. You know, that was the fourth game, I think, of the series. So, you know, they had a bit of time to prepare into Australian conditions. So I think that's where the big advantage has been, is being having the first test, you know, foreigners coming in and not having much preparation time. It's, it takes a bit of time to adjust to the wicket. But... Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be taught by Kevin and his, his father and we used to keep doing the same similar techniques and trying to keep the same wicket the whole time here. Well, I'm pretty sure it was at the Gabba. Was it when Dean Jones brought out the helmets when it hailed all those years ago? I think it was one of the great memories I remember up there. Mate, in terms of, you know, I just remember growing up that you had the, the, the Gabba had its own unique style. So did the WAC, obviously, spin-friendly Sydney. With these drop-in pitches, how does that sit? With, with your side of things that, that, that's sort of probably totally different to, to the normal pitches? Yeah, that's a bit of a tricky one too. I think any curator probably prefer to use permanent wickets. You know, they're a little bit easier to work on. But having said that, the drop-in technology has advanced so much in the last 20 years. Like, I've been lucky enough, I've spent a bit of time in Melbourne, so I've prepared drop-ins as well. So they are a little bit tricky. But as I said, everyone, the technology around is getting a lot smarter and it's getting a lot easier to prepare a better wicket with a drop-in. But... Yeah, I think most curators around the world would rather do, you know, permanent ones if they had the chance to. Um, what's it like with the outfield, mate? Obviously, you're in, there in Brisbane, so prevailing conditions makes it easy to grow grass. Uh, do you need the Charlie carp? Do you need to spray it with the fertiliser, or is it just all okay? Because it does look beautiful up there. It's it's so quick, and I remember at Marsh Cup game a couple of weeks ago, Queensland, uh, Western Australia, it looked like a, a billiard table. Yeah, no, we do use plenty of fertilisers. Don't worry about that. You know, there's tons of them going out. But, yeah, no, the weather up here does make it a little bit easy to grow grass. But having said that, the amount of rain we've had the last uh, 10 days, I think we've had about 300 mils in 10 days, it ends up actually being a little too much, especially for the wicket blockers. It stays wet all the time because the infiltration rate there is quite poor. But the field itself is uh, unreal. We can cop nearly any amount of rain and be back on playing sort of 20, 30 minutes after. So... The field itself, because it's sand and free draining, you know, it handles it really well. Like, the field's dry as a bone at the moment. Um, it's just more the wicker block you've got to be careful because, you know, you can have water sitting on there for days on end and that promotes disease, which makes the leaf a bit unhealthy and then you chuck a two-ton roller on it, it doesn't really like it. Obviously, the wicker block's a bit different, but in terms of the outfield, is it much different when you're changing seasons from, from the AFL to the, to the cricket? Do you, do you have much difference in how you prepare 
you know, the, the, the outfield area? Yeah, no, there's a huge difference. So, especially for, I think, Brisbane venues and I think Sydney SCG is the same. We're in a sort of climate where we can't quite go ryegrass all year round or we can't quite go cooch grass all year round. So, for football season, we're usually ryegrass, so we over-sow that in about April. And then as soon as AFL season's finished, we actually poison that and grow the cooch back from underneath that. So mm. that process can take around a six to eight week mark. Um, and it's a pretty scary time of the year when you spray the field out and all you've got left is about 30 or 40% cover. Yeah, well, that happened out at Campbelltown with uh, MacArthur. They had to move their A-League games because, uh, unfortunately, they decided to spray it not once. They forgot they sprayed it once, and they did it twice. Well, and, uh, yeah. Um, Dave, you have to poison it. That's what I've done with most of my relationships throughout my life. So if you need any help with that, Dave, I'm certainly a man. And your liver. And your yeah, liver. No, <laughs> no uh, that, that was unfortunate. Ever had a bindi problem with one of your fields, Dave? I've got a bindi problem in my backyard at the moment. Yeah, not too much this field. No, there's not too much weed out in this one. But, yeah, no, I think I've had a couple of bindi problems at home myself. <laughs> hey, um, do you, when the, the actual game's going on, um, do you actually get to kick back and view it? Obviously, you're keep, keeping an eye on the radar, especially up there in Brisbane when those dark clouds form over the Darling Downs and they uh, make their way down pretty quickly down to Brisbane. But do you actually get to kick back and watch a bit of cricket? Yeah, no, I'll pretty much watch every ball that's bowled here. But... Um, yeah, the whole time you don't get a real chance to enjoy because you're constantly focusing you know, on weather or how the wicket's performing. So mm. I'd much rather watch a test at someone else's venue where you can relax a little bit more. Does Nathan Lyon chime in with his two cents, given that he was a groundsman, uh, one of the, the fields down in, there in Adelaide by the Torrens? He was, he was taking charge of that before he got to go in uh, professional cricket. Yeah, no, Nathan always comes and has a chat, no, but he's really good about it too, so he knows, you know, he's got a bit of a background in it, which helps him and that, but no, he's always comes up and has a bit of a chat and tries to give it inside info. Well, Dave, we're going to leave it there, mate, because you've got a, uh, a pitch to get on to prepare. You can't just hang around on uh, the phone all, all day and just talk rubbish with us. So, um, mate, good luck with the, the pitch preparation. Hopefully you get that weather conditions that you need to um, have, uh, have a good contest between bat and ball. And as long as it's Australia doing all the stuff with the bat and ball, we're happy. So good luck, mate. No, thank you very much. And, Finchie, I hope you can get those Parramatta Eels up this year. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you Club what, legend. I, 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 took them, I took them down, Dave. I couldn't get them up. There's not many teams I did get up, let me tell you. It could be a tough one. Yeah, I've been long suffering. I need them to get up once in a while. Oh, oh no, I tell you, they weren't too far away. I tell you, if they play like they did in that uh, Penrith semi final, which I thought they were outstanding, yep. they'll, they'll be in the mix again. They, they, they uh, finished the season really well those last couple of weeks. David, yep. really I think appreciate it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but, mate, good luck up there. Really appreciate your time in the Mowers Club and uh, go well. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. David Sandusky joining us from the, the, the beauty Gavis of pitching. Dave, he's got all the pressure of, of uh, preparing a pitch. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the weather is horrendous up the east, eastern seaboard of Australia. And he's just worried about, what are my ears doing? <laughs> I love it. Typical story. Aussie. I love it. I love it. I didn't bring up uh, the fact that they played well in the, the couple of weeks before at the sunny coast against Manly when they put <laughs> about 40 <laughs> yeah. on them. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, off to uh, one of the final breaks here on the Mowers Club. Back in a moment. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, here with Finchie this morning. Uh, Adam Peacock and Brett Finch down at Beaches, Sea-Doo and Can-Am. It's a great showroom, Pittwater Road, Brookvale. You're with the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Um, Finchie, you, uh, you sat here for the next three hours. Yes. Uh, last three hours, 
talking sport with me. Um, in the meantime, uh, your partner, Ellie, took a little two-year-old up yeah, to the McKenzie, park. Yeah, McKenzie, yep. They've just come back. Yeah. And there's been a disaster in the back seat. There, there has. She's... Um I think Ellie gave her a cupcake. Well, that cupcake's just about all over Got the back of the car. Red, bright red, yeah, I think they fluorescent, those red icy. velvet type ones, yes. And um, it's a I, nice car as well. Well, there's one. I'm looking at Ellie. She's remaining in the front seat, so she's not moving to the back to clean this, <laughs> this certain area. Guess uh, what? Knowing there's about 15 minutes to wear off air, oh, I'm guessing <laughs> that that job will be mine. The good thing is now, though, that your car is going to smell like a cupcake, as opposed to what I mentioned at the top of the show. After last night, I left a pizza box yes. in my back seat, and my 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 car now smells, smells like, a, like a kebab shop. Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't smell like a pizza. Actually, it yeah. smells like the garlic sauce. That's Ooh. like because I put a I got a lamb and a, like a bit yeah. of tzatziki on top of it as well. well. Probably not the best thing at seven in the morning when you would have gone in today. But let me tell you, they could smell worse. Like the I won't have the studio. clean up job that you'll have. No, that's that's right in front of us. I tell you what job it is today. Uh, Manly fans. <laughs> Celebrating one of the greatest manly players' birthday. Is that am I on the track here? Stephen Menzies. One of the greatest ever. Peter Bizarre. Hicku. Peter Hicku as well. <laughs> Peter Hicku's birthday. Where did birthday. that voice come from? But you know what? I looked around there. <laughs> it's like the but God button. That was like our man Gibbs back in the studio, and I, yeah. I looked around like thinking he was going to be behind me, knowing full well. Gibbo um, lives about. Gibbo lives about two k's so, from yeah. where we How are. How right far now? are you from here, Gibbo? Uh, yeah, not far at all, Finch. It would be about 2Ks, five minutes <laughs> on my push bike. So it was quite hard to say that you have to go past here <laughs> to the studio. To the studio. When we, we come the other man way. the force. Oh, you know, listening in to your guys' chats in the breaks, I, th- I think that's the thing I miss the most. You know, Zach sounded like a funny guy. I wouldn't mind bouncing a few ideas off him. <laughs> oh, no, even gonna... Brad Parker too. Red yeah. hair. I've got red hair, mate. We could have done mm. a bit of work down at DY together. Yep. Yeah, oh, we'll get Zach back on. Don't worry about that. Um, Finchie, you're going on a boat tomorrow, are you? Or the Savo? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You're going tomorrow. on a boat and then you're going to the Big Bash. Is that right? No, well, I'm, I'm going to go meet Brooksy after the, after the boat. There's a Christmas party again. I'm getting dragged along. Oh, um, one poor the, thing. Um, Christmas party on a boat. Feels I'd so rather, sorry for I'd it. rather be at a pub watching, watching the cricket or sport or something. Got so, your phone on you, don't you? Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm doing that. I think that's 11 till 4. And then going to meet our man Nathan Brooks in Paddington. Mm. Um, we haven't decided whether we're going to go to the Big Bash. We're going to have a feed, a few beers, and whether the weather permitting, we'll, we'll go down to the SCG. If not, we'll just park what ourselves. What state are you going to be in by the time you see Brooksy tomorrow? Oh, no, no. I'm not, my, my big drinking days are behind me. I'm quite okay. more responsible. So I'll just have a – I won't drink on the boat. I'll be driving. Then I'll drop the missus home. Jeez. And I'll go get, uh, meet Brooksy for a few beers. That is very – I know. Very times have changed. <laughs> Well, they, well, virtually they had to because the direction I'm heading... You know, Otherwise, there would have been no more times. No, there would have been no more time. So, uh, I really didn't have much of an option. Mate, I'm, uh, I'm off to watch my son play a game of football this afternoon, a game of football tomorrow, Arvo, kick back and watch a stack of sport this week. How, how was the kids' sport with, with the pandemic? Because I remember when it get rained out, the footy would get cancelled because of the, the rain. Mate, I'd bore my eyes out. So, mate, imagine being the... The full season is just getting... It would be devastating for the kids Twice in any in sport. The, the last year was okay. They, they had the gap and then they made up for it. And I mm. can only speak of, of football. Um, but this year, it was like it got to... He actually played his last game on his birthday, June 19, and that was it for the year. The, the rest of the year was bin. So they mm. haven't played a game, really, for like five months. Yeah. That, that's for kids. For that's kids. Terrible, and, yeah, he's in a bit of a program, so you want to be developing the whole yeah. time, progressing, and it... 
It made it hard. My, my girls do dancing as well. Mm. Obviously, insides, that all got binned. And, and you know, it's funny when times... Because I used to... When you're young, when it was raining, you want to play in the rain and the mud. Mm. I remember times that, when you know, real crazy, it was raining, I'd go for... I'd give anything for someone to call this game off. You, know? <laughs> you, can't, you couldn't pay money to get games called off. When you're younger, you'd, you'd pay money for them not to be called off. I don't know if you know Beacon Hill Oval up yeah. the top there. Yeah. Um, it's where the Beacon Hill Bears play. What used to happen when we were in high school, at Beacon Hill High School, just around the corner from here, well, before it got sold to Landcom, um, <laughs> it, it, it hosed down. And yeah. we'd look at each other in the classroom, it's like year nine and stuff, and go... Guys, yes. it's on, it's on yeah. the server. So we'd go up and get it, the, the oldest set of Put clothes we on. have and go up and it would be like literally up to your shins in, in mud yeah. and just try and... It was the best. ...hozzle each other, just absolutely smash each other. And I was like built like a stick yeah. figure, so I did a lot of passing in the game. <laughs> well, I, did, I made a career out of that. <laughs> exactly. No, but the things you do when you're a kid, and that's the enjoyment of it. Yeah. And hopefully all the kids' sport is back and uh, the, the junior cricket, which is started up again and, yep. and everything. And when we get to next winter, we can just live like normal human beings. It'd be, oh, it'd be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. We're off to our last break on the Marvels Club. Back in a moment to wrap things up from Beaches Cedar. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Might do the lawn when I get back, actually. <laughs> Saturday morning, we Saturday Arbor. You've got to get yourself a mower, a Toro. Yeah, I, I do need it. Yeah. But, um, it's not that hard. It doesn't sound like you've got... No, nah, it's only a small backyard. Yeah, you know, freaking Randwick Racecourse. No, nah. yeah. A small backyard and... I'll tell you one thing, though. Uh, you'd want to get those baby wipes out for the back yeah. of that nice little car you've got there. Because ba- it baby is wipes are just for me, let alone I've got to look after the, uh, <laughs> the little girl's mess she's made now. Uh, dear. Uh, the A-League on tonight, I'm um, on deck with that. Looking so, forward to so that. So you're liking the draw. You think the draw like is the draw, a good yeah, game? Sydney haven't started overly impressively. Yeah. They haven't scored a goal. And, and Newcastle are showing a few signs. It's just the fact that it's balanced by Sydney playing at home at yeah. Colgrove, where they've got a good record, Newcastle away. I just think they could cancel each other out. No, just when Tristan from Top Sport said $4, I went, yeah, mm. with, the, with the roll of the dice. I might jump into that. And then uh, the Premier League much later on, and um, I can't be bothered staying up to see my Newcastle, who still haven't won a game this season. How, how did you fall into in, them? Uh, my dad. That's oh. from Newcastle, from the really? northeast of England. Yeah, Geordie. Geordie. So um, it's good. Did you ever get up there when you were there for yeah, a I night did. out? I did. Magic I, um, round, was it? No, we, the magic round we had, we played at Etihad, which is... Man Manchester City. City yep. um, I went to Manchester a lot. Um, I had a night there. In Newcastle? I, a good mate of mine, Clint Newton, was playing at the Hull. So I went, oh, over, okay. I went across the north. Uh, I think it was the M6. Or, yeah, yeah. So from I was the on the side. west, I was on the other side. I went across the Hull um, and had a night there and stopped back through Newcastle on, on the way back. So. Good. Oh, it's not really on the way back. So oh, I reckon you're taking a big and, yeah. bloody detour to get there. But yeah. I've heard it's a very, yes. very good night out. Yeah, so. it's on the point. You're heading back that way anyway, heading back. Uh, kind East. of. It's West. a bit like saying that you're going to Penrith from where we are right now and then going via Gosford. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't <laughs> Must take be a good reason. <laughs> yeah. well, it, was, it was a good night, let me tell you. I bet it was. Mm. I bet it was. So, yeah, stack of sport to take in this weekend. The Big Bash as well, obviously, starting up. And you can catch every game live on SEM. We've got the, the NBL, which has started up, the A-League's men's, the A-League's women's, and the EPL, and Bathurst. Of course, and then next Wednesday, we've got the start of the Ashes Test. And it's good to hear from Dave up there, the curator. Mm. Says the, the pitch is looking okay. You know what? And it's funny. It's so funny how much goes into it when to start it. You just expect as a fan. I turn on the TV and I expect it to be, you nice just expect pitch. to be good. Yeah. And, and there's no, well, of course it is. So that's how it should be. <laughs> but to see the work that goes in behind yeah, yeah, it, yeah. just to know when to start it. You know, you've got to time, time the mm. run. It was quite interesting. 
Uh, thanks to our man Gibbo back at yeah, the, well done, the fort at SEN Towers uh, holding things up. And uh, James, our technical guru, and it wouldn't have happened without him. And big thanks to the people here at Beaches Cedar on Pitwater Road at uh, Brookvale, uh, Cedar and Can-Am for the water, for the, the property. Whatever you want, come down and check him out. Uh, Finchy's song to see us out. Here Mr. we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're out. Have a good Saturday, everyone. <laughs>